Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 90 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show, perhaps the only bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I'm your host, Colin Colhoven, joined, as always, by Daryl Fuimano. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Now, you sound a little different there, bud. What's going on? A little peek behind the <laughs> curtain. You say you sound nice and crisp, very clean. I thought you were alluding to uh, this little cold I've been having. Uh, I've been sick for a few days. I thought it was allergies, but I actually have a new mic. I picked up a new mic, a Blue Yeti, on Prime Day a couple weeks ago. Oh, I'm testing it live for the first time. Fantastic. I think it sounds great. I didn't even realize you had a cold as well. We are cold brothers this week. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> There's been something going around, dude, I swear. Like, right before I left the East Coast, my two nieces were sick, basically. And then driving to the airport, Steph's mom was, like, sneezing and getting sick. And I was like, oh, we're screwed. You know, there's no way. Like, we just spend days with these people. We're definitely going to get sick, too. And lo and behold, got sick. So, it's a bummer. I hadn't really had a cold since COVID. So, it was a big shock to me to remember how shitty it feels. I wouldn't be surprised if you were the one who got me sick. No, no, no. I wore <laughs> No, no. I, I purposely was nowhere near most people this week. And I, uh, I wore a mask to work a couple days as well. So I don't think it was me. Maybe it was, though. Maybe it was. But either way, I'm happy you're here. Thanks for joining us. We are also joined by Slugger JD at the top of the noon over there, 12.09 at his time zone. How are you doing this afternoon, sir? Good morning. I'm doing great. Fantastic. I, uh, as Daryl's mic quality gets better, mine deteriorates. So I'm on Amazon as we speak, checking out these blue, these blue Yetis, these rare uh, blue Yetis I keep hearing about. Now, you got to be sure not to order a Yeti thermal thing, you know what I mean? Or a Yeti lunchbox. Two different Yetis oh, yeah. going on. The blue Yeti. I want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could get both, but the blue Yeti is what you want. Uh, and I also had one of those for a while. The sound quality is very good. I also don't want to order an actual Yeti. You got to watch out for those guys. Yeah, the shipping costs on that's insane. So you don't, I mean, you do not want to deal with that. <laughs> they go by the weight, right? So, whew, intense, but very good, sir. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. And we also are joined by a very special guest, a longtime listener and supporter of the show, and a man all the way from Wee Britain, Maximum Carnage. How you doing this evening, sir? Ah, uh, don't you be doing that, we Britain. What's going on, Trophy Talk podcasters? How's it? Do- how's it going? How's it going? Yeah, we all good. We are all good, man. It's long overdue. We've been talking about doing some sort of podcast, something together for quite a while. So I'm happy to have you here. Yeah, man, for sure. I have to say, man, um, before we get into the show, I got addressed like this small ethereal connection that me and you have a little over a month back you sent me a message on discord asking me for advice on final fantasy he was like yo max i got all these final fantasy games on my backlog and i don't know if i should go back to seven remake or 15 or start <laughs> six mm-hmm. and of course we shot the shit i bestowed upon you my knowledge right uh, but about a week later you sent me another message now just quickly i don't receive any push notifications on my phone from discord so i can't preview messages before opening them i open up discord i see a message from you before i even open it i knew you was going to invite me onto the show and that's when i knew our ethereal connection was strong what do you have to say to that <laughs> i think that's pretty incredible <laughs> you had a feeling huh you had a hunch because yeah. of the, because of the final fantasy talk or what 
no clue. Well, I guess that that must have had something to do with it. You know, the the Final Fantasy 16 drop was imminent at that point. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, no, that is very <laughs> that's very cool. I also don't have push notifications on my phone either, so I have to like open the app and see. I think that's the way to go in general. I'm not a fan of push notifications for most things. Yeah, well, I've I've, I've got a lot of uh, a lot of um, I guess. Uh, a lot of porn notifications going on over there. there yeah, you. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That, let's not hide it. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of push notifications from Pornhub, so <laughs> I didn't had to mute all those. <laughs> nah, I use my phone for work quite a lot, so uh, I oh, gotta yeah. make sure that the stuff I'm checking is actually important. No, oh, for sure, that makes sense. Well, we're very glad to have you here, and thank you for being accommodating to the to the scheduling and the timing. Obviously, it's a huge time difference over there. What is it? It's six fifteen or what would you call it? Yeah, 18, about 15? Yeah. yeah. Quarter past six. Mm-hmm. Yep. You guys in your military time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. But uh, very good. We're happy you're here. We're going to talk some good stuff. We're going to talk trophies, Final Fantasy, of course, as you alluded to, and all the rest of the rigmarole of the show. But first, with all of our guests, I try to allow you guys a chance to speak to the wider audience because most people will know who you are in our community but might not have had a chance to have a conversation with you, really because of the time difference and all that stuff like we've talked about. So just wanted to ask you sort of how you got into trophy hunting and how you approach it now, like now and currently in your gaming. Yeah, well, I got into trophy hunting like the day that trophy support started on the PS3. You know, it was Super Stardust HD. Started that on one of my old accounts. I guess you could call me a veteran in some way casually hunted until about 2016 and that's when i got heavily invested into this uh ridiculous meta game <laughs> Absolutely. um as for how i approach it i don't know it's that's such a tough question to answer like i'm not the most consistent person um when it comes to gaming but then obviously last year i did start doing a one through ten difficulty challenge which you you were updating the listeners about that every now and then. And that's probably the most consistent I've ever been with it. But I think at the end of the day, like, you just need to make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, some sage advice there, definitely. Uh, and I totally agree that it does change. You know, how you approach trophy hunting changes, even throughout the year. You know, I really started off this year, I think Slugger, Daryl, you guys feel the same. We started off the year really, really focused on completion percentage and trying to like get through our backlog and i am still like thinking about that but it's just so hard like things change new games come out new announcements come out that you weren't expecting you get drawn into a franchise for like seemingly no reason sometimes like you'll just get an itch and go back and do something that you weren't planning on and so it's hard to stay consistent in that regard i totally agree with yeah that. you could just gotta go with the flow sometimes you know <clears throat> yeah, if you regiment it too much, it begins to not feel fun, begins to feel more like a job or like a part-time job, you know? Yeah. And ultimately, you should be playing the games for fun and because you you enjoy it, in my opinion. Of course, it's a very personal right. thing. So That's why we started playing video games in the first place, my guy. So. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, very good. I appreciate that. Hopefully, I uh, gave some listeners a little bit of background. Another OG trophy hunter, because when we had Kevin on here, he was saying he got into it at around that same time as well. So I just feel more like a fraud the more we do this show because I really didn't start trophy hunting until like 2019. So I'm very new to it, relatively speaking. I feel like it, it kicked off properly about that, that sort of time. 
yeah the the rise in popularity of trophies and achievements and all that jazz yeah and i'm genuinely curious too we can open this up to everybody like what your thoughts are on the whole covid situation where i feel like the show we started it in like january february of 2020 just just happened to be the timing for it and then with covid right after that it just really kind of allowed more time at home and playing games than i maybe would have had in the previous years and so it just kind of coincided really nicely with like digging into trophies really deeply right when i started getting into the hobby i don't know if daryl or slugger if you guys feel the same that like in a way covid kind of like <laughs> the, the lockdowns and stuff kind of allowed you that time to get more into trophy hunting again yeah for sure i know around that time my daughter was very young she was not quite starting to yet or walk yet maybe just starting to like toddle around so she was still pretty immobile so we were home from work i was on like a side for my workplace because i taught at a school and they didn't they had like the primary instructors and the backup instructors and like if anyone on the primary team got sick we were just going to swap the entire team so the entire primary team could all quarantine at the same time and the entire secondary team could all instruct at the same time if oh, okay. that switch happened so I started on the secondary team. No one on the primary team got COVID or <clears throat> sick or anything for like two and a half months. So for two and a half months, I'm home essentially on call with a young baby who's barely moving around. And I just, I dove in hard. Like my platinum <laughs> games that year were like huge. I don't think I'll ever hit those numbers again. Yeah, that's insane. Because it's like, what else am I supposed to do with my time? Everything else is closed. I'm not working. Right. Like, You're not supposed to be going months. and socializing. So it's like, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, interesting. Daryl, any thoughts on that as well? Time period is such a blur to me. I don't remember if I gamed a lot. Um, I have to take a look at my profile and see like how many games I played, how many plats I got during that time period. Yeah. Honestly, uh, we were lucky enough to still work, so I didn't have that much free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were still going to work in the office pretty much the entire time. It was just the, basically, it's just like the weekends and evenings after work, where it was like, well, I'm not really doing anything else, you know? Like, I could I could DoorDash or pick up some food, <laughs> and that's about it. I, oh, gosh, so many weird memories of that time. I'm sure in a few years, we're going to look back, and it's going to seem even stranger, but it already seems very strange. Either way, we are all here. Thanks again, guys, for joining me. Let's get going and get into our guessing game final round, okay? This is the final motherfucking round. Get ready for it. <laughs> We've been talking about it for a long time, and here it is. <laughs> so I've scoured Slugger and Daryl's profiles here to find a game that they have both platinumed. Gets to be tougher and tougher the more you guys play that varies and like differentiates, but I also wanted it to be something you actually had both completed to make it fair. So here's the deal. This, the current standing points, I'm at six points. Slugger, you're at four. Daryl, you're at four. This round is going to be worth three points, okay? So it's impossible for me to win. One of you guys is going to win. Maybe both of you will tie and win. Are you ready? Or maybe I'm both ready. of us will lose. Or I could win if you, neither of you get it, but I don't think <laughs> yeah, I picked right. something too crazy. Now, anyway, uh, I picked, for all the listeners out there, and for Max, you probably know this as well, I picked a bronze trophy, a silver trophy, and a gold trophy. I'm going to read the description and the title of the trophy, and then Slugger and Daryl are going to DM me their guesses for what they think this is, and we will see who can guess the game 
correctly. Boys are ready? Let's do it. Here Let's we go. go. All right. So the bronze trophy is titled, Who's a Good Boy? And the description is to pet a pet. 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 Pet a pet. You guys good with that? Yeah. I want to get off on a, a little thing right now. I've been noticing more and more games are giving you trophies for petting animals. I'm a fan, but I totally agree with you. I've noticed that more as well. What was the one? Like in Final Fantasy 16, it's mm. like, yes, you can pet the dog. And I'm like, I'm hey. pretty sure I just paid another, played another game where it says, like, you can pet the cat. And like, Yeah, what was that? Oh, fuck. What game was that? For petting animals. Oh, my gosh. Well, and I remember in The Last of Us Part 1, like the remake or whatever, they added a trophy for petting the dog, too. Yeah, it is a thing. It's a thing. Uh, we're like going to talk about Torgo in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so, so that's the bronze trophy. Pet a pet. Who's oh, a good boy? Rogue, Rogue Legacy was the one I was thinking of. Trophy's called Good Boy, Pet the Dragon. Ah. All these games for petting things. I mean, it's good. It's, 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 a, it's a nice gesture, okay? Be kind to animals, everybody. Here we go. Silver trophy, titled Cosplayer. Description. Equip every base game item once. Okay. Daryl, you good? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not either, Daryl. I think we're both losing. <laughs> All right. Here we go. And if you, both, if you both need a hint, I can pull another trophy. I, I had a backup in case it was too much. Okay. The gold trophy is titled Going Long, and the description is to You Just Walked a Thousand Miles. All right, These so, are trophies from a game Slugger and I have platinum. That right? is correct. These do not ring a bell at all. <laughs> yeah, you, have, you have both platinum this game. And uh, without saying too much, I'll say we have talked about this game before multiple times on the show. Bronze trophy, who's oh, a good boy? Oh. Pet a pet. Wow. Silver trophy, cosplayer. Equip every base game item once. Gold trophy, going long. You just walked a thousand miles. Oh my god. Did we say is Max gonna DM your answer to you? Because I want to see if Max has it. I mean Max is certainly you're Max, you're certainly welcome to uh send me your guess. Hey man, you leave me out of this. I'm so fucking stumped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure actually let me do some quick research real quick and let's see if Max has played it. I would assume that he has. Man, I don't have a damn clue. Don't have a damn clue, huh? Okay. Okay. You guys want an extra hint? Or is that too much? That feels unfair to you. Okay. What if I, I told you... What, here, here's, the hint that, here's the hint that I'll give you. This game had free DLC. Mm. All okay. right. Okay. Let's get our answers in, boys. Get them submitted. For a second, I was like, bro, did one of you actually not play this game? But no, no, no. I just don't, I double-checked again. You guys definitely both played it. You guys also both... <clears throat> Never mind. I'm going to give away too much. Okay. Here we go. I've got some answer answers goal? in. Yeah. <laughs> do we have different answers? You do have different <laughs> answers. Okay, so here we go. Let's start off with Daryl's answer. He says that this game is called drumroll please fuck i lost 
Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, so there we it's go. A rat there we go. That's the first one. So rattle like a game, exactly. And Slugger's answer says Toem slash what is Toem? That is the correct answer. Yes, Slugger, congratulations oh on goodness. winning. You guys both also hundred percented this game. So you got the free DLC trophies too. So that's why I thought that could maybe give you a little extra there. But isn't that weird? I mean, that's a game we've talked about so many times on the show. We've recommended so many times on the show. And I, I kind of picked it for a reason because it's like those trophies are pretty nondescript, right? They're not really going to help you too much. But it also just goes to show you when I think about that game, I don't really think about the trophies. I think just the experience of the game is, is what's memorable to me. So there you go. Tell him, congratulations, Slugger, on winning the trophy guessing game. Well done. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so I don't know if the, D the DLC help hint helped a little bit. The, who's a good boy, Petapet? Didn't ring a bell. Equip every base item once. I immediately started thinking of like, all right, what games have made that a requirement? And Tome was like one of the ones I could think of. Yeah. So Tome came to mind <clears> there. <throat> yeah. But then he threw me off with going long because I'm like, I don't remember a trophy for walking in that game. Yeah, it's so it's like, not really tied to the spaces. Up. It's like the end of the story, and it's more of just like you walked, like you just did a huge journey. You know, that's kind of what it's. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's that's a tricky one. It is a tricky one, but also like, yeah, like I said, you guys, we've all 100 percented it actually, so it felt like it was a very, uh, a very good one to uh, to do. So Max, was that what you were thinking? <laughs> no, to be honest, I've played it. Oh my! Oh, you got to. It's so good, bro. Yeah, come on, man. It only takes. Yeah, uh, let me know. see. Actually, it'll you tell do me it in a weekend. Well, I guess mine says completed in one week, eighteen hours, but that's because the DLC came out like a few. Like a few days after I finished the platinum, weirdly enough, so I went back and it took longer. But yeah, you can when, do it. You can do it in like one or two days. When did this game go free on uh, Plus? Um, so I think it was on when the service switched over to the new like subscription model, mm -hmm. like the Game Pass competitor model. I believe uh, it was like a launch on there, or like it launched with the service. Yeah, my first trophies <laughs> date to the seventeenth of September last year, so some, yeah, somewhere around there. Because that's when I was doing the uh, 1 to 10 challenge and I wanted the 10th platinum to be my 100th platinum earned. So that's right. I wasn't playing anything that was, you know, I wasn't playing anything uh, yeah. apart from that list. Yeah. How's that going, by the way? Can we side rail? Yeah, side rail. Side uh, rail. Aren't you on the final game, I thought? Uh, yeah, I've taken a pause, obviously, because um, because of Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> what was your nine? Crash Bandicoot 4? Yeah. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot 4 uh, had to be uh, Platinum 100 in the end because, uh, um, because fuck Babylon's full. <laughs> I forgot about that shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, what's your, what are you planning for 10 out of 10? Um, well, I may as well jump into this now. I do have notes oh, on sorry. it. So, I didn't um, know we were covering it later. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no, no. It's, it was only there just in case it popped up, but yeah, um, I think it's gonna have to be Wolfenstein too. Um, <laughs> I, I want to I want to pass the kick over the ball to Daryl now, actually, because uh, you famously slayed Mindleben and rightfully earned the platinum. I want to pick your brain a little on the comparison of this game's higher difficulty. I am Death Incarnate. 
to a game that we both platinumed, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which has got veteran difficulty. Because I found veteran difficulty on Cold War to be quite manageable, though there were a few moments that had my eyes twitching. Am I right in assuming that these two difficulties like are on par with each other, but mine leaving is just as difficult, but with permadeath switched on? Um, I gotta say that I feel like veteran on Call of Duty is a little bit. There's a lot of leeway with veteran. Like I feel like the enemy is like very like. I feel like you you, you can get away. With, uh how that difficulty is i feel like on death incarnate and mind Lieben, the enemy knows where you're at they're like they're constantly gunning at you so you really gotta like pick and choose how to move prioritize enemies uh pick your spots when things are ready or like when things are when you are ready to move like when you feel comfortable i feel like on call of duty it's more like a running gun and mm. That's definitely not the case on Wolfenstein. You you gotta treat it as a tactical shooter. Right, right. Yeah, I was gonna just quickly add to that that when I played the New Order and Old Blood, and even when I played the little bit of Wolfenstein 2, the normal difficulty is like not even a cakewalk either. Like you'll die on normal, you know? And at least for me, and I'm I consider myself pretty skilled at shooters. So yeah, I feel like it's it's gonna be tough. I guess one of the things would be that compared to Call of Duty where you don't have armor and you don't have these like skills that can maybe get you out of these situations in these binds, like your vocabulary and your tool set is much bigger in Wolfenstein. But the enemies mm. match that with like the AI being more intelligent, like Daryl said. So like you can stealth stuff, if I recall right, and you can like kill the commanders so they don't set off the alarms and you can like, you know, try to stack up your health and armor for certain sections to make them easier. But at the end of the day, like, they just, I mean, gosh, those games are tough. Even the final boss on normal, I felt like, was was tough. Either way, I, I think you you are right to go after it. It's a very lauded, difficult platinum. I would love to attempt it myself at some point, and I own it now, so maybe I will, but, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so intimidating, man. It is, and it's oh, around the time you help, man. Go ahead. We'll definitely uh, help you out during your journey. That's much appreciated. Hit this guy up if you want the mind leaving expertise. I say all the time, like with these difficult games, like yeah, obviously they take skill, but I almost think it's more about perseverance than it is like. Like, obviously, you have to have the skill. But, like, the amount of effort you put into learning, like, those Crash Bandicoot levels, like, as long as you put that same effort into Mind Leaving, I feel like it's manageable. Like, almost everyone mm. I've seen talk about the game, they're like, oh, it's not too bad. It just really have to have, like, the mental patience and, like, mental endurance to keep practicing over and over and over and not get frustrated and just, like... Yeah. And like eventually yeah, you're just gonna get so good at it and you're gonna have the strats memorized and like I think it's more about that patience and that mental battle than it is probably anything else. But that's oh, yeah, of course. That's what I tell myself, hoping I can do it someday. Like it's not that hard. It's just gonna take uh <laughs> it's gonna take some dedication. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the main difference, like, for Crash Bandicoot 4 and Wolfenstein, obviously, they're two completely different games, but, I mean, I've had familiarity with Crash Bandicoot ever since I was, like, five years old. And yeah, I've never played a Wolfenstein game, in all honesty, so I'm very much at a disadvantage with this one compared to Crash Bandicoot 4. But then also got to shout out that uh, that um, DualSense Edge controller because it really I felt like it did give me the edge playing that game. Yeah, having those back buttons. Mm-hmm. Well, it could also help you with shooters. I know, like, if there's sliding tech and stuff like that, like, the pros always yeah. play with those controllers. Yeah, that's that's mainly what it was it was made for. I I think was for first person shooters. Yeah, main so, intention. So maybe it could help with Wolfenstein even in a weird way. Well, good luck to that, sir, and hopefully you uh, pick that up after you finish FF sixteen. You know, we can get get your thoughts on that as you get going. Okay, let's go and get into your mini game, Max. I'll let you kind of take it away with your description here, and yeah, what do you got for us? A simplified description we've got on the notes, so I'll just read my own ones quick. So what we've got here is a list of 12 exclusive IP to Nintendo. Now, we're going to split into two pairs. One side will represent Xbox, and the other side will be batting for PlayStation. The hypothetical scenario is that Nintendo are either thrown in the towel or willing to split their IP with the other two console giants. Now, we're going to go back and forth in each draft, one property to bring to our platform. And when the next, when the next draft for your pair comes along, your partner will take the next draft, and you can't influence their decision. Okay, just so no talking sake. about it during it. Yeah. Yeah. Just for time's sake, you don't have to explain why you chose what you chose. By the end, we'll have six IP per side. Each person would have picked Free games. We can then talk about which side looks more sexy and if what was chosen works for your platform in conjunction with what the brand is known for. We can, I guess, let the listeners decide if there's a, a winning side in the Discord. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just so everyone is aware, I kept Super Mario off this list because of all the party games it's known for, like Smash and Mario Kart. So. That one's already split between both platforms. I originally wanted to split Pokemon as well because they have like the two releases, you know, red and blue or whatever. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, then anyone's first pick would be Zelda. So that would imbal- imbalance the list. So those are the big three of Nintendo's IP. I don't think they really have a fourth. Yeah. So let's just real quickly for the listeners. So here's the list that we're working with, right? We have Pokemon, The Legend of Zelda. Donkey Kong, Kirby, Splatoon, Animal Crossing, Metroid, Pikmin, Xenoblade, Star Fox, Fire Emblem, and Bayonetta. So those are the ones that we are going to be splitting up. Pretty cool idea, sir. I like this a lot. Very good minigame idea. So let's split up into our teams. Maximum, since it's your minigame and your idea, you can pick... If you want to be Xbox or PlayStation, and we'll figure out the rest after that. Which one do you want? Uh, you know, I've been a PlayStation fan my whole life. Um, I might, I might cause a bit of chaos in my brain, so I'm going to bat for Xbox. Xbox, okay. So Max, you're on Team One. You're gonna, yeah. So Team One will do as. Thanks for setting that up, Josh. Uh, or Slugger. 
uh, we'll do Xbox, and then Team Two we'll do as uh, PlayStation. Okay, so who? Let's see. Uh, Xbox with Max, I guess. I will go. Uh, I'll go Xbox as well. We'll make it easy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Or do you want to? Or you're do you... an X? No, you're an Xbox fanboy in disguise on a trophy show. <laughs> I no, no no. I just thought it, it would be nice for you two guys. No, you know, Daryl doesn't play... play Xbox, so like, yeah, yeah I figured it'd be fine. <laughs> just playing my Game Pass games today. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's how we'll do it. Uh, we'll let the PlayStation team start because they're chirping. So you guys can pick first. And you guys uh, can figure out who you want to go first there. And then we'll go second. We'll alternate. And like Max said in the rules, no talking about your choices ahead of time. Okay. Yeah, we'll go from there. So Team PlayStation, Slugger or Daryl, which one of you guys is guessing first or picking first? Daryl. Okay, Daryl. Pick your first IP. Pokemon. Nice. Absolute unit. Okay, Max, take us home. Oh, we're gonna have to go Zelda, aren't we? All right. The leg fend of Zelda. The le- leg fend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Slugger. What do you got second? All right. This is where the game starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the two big hitters are off the board. Um, I feel like I need to lean into PlayStation strengths. I don't know if you guys will agree, but I'm gonna say Fire Emblem. Mm. Okay. I know okay. that's not a major one. Or maybe it is, but I'll explain my reasoning after the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. For a similar reason, I am going to go with Platoon. Back to you, Daryl. Hmm. So I'll go Animal Crossing. Nice. Okay, Max. I feel like Xbox is slowly starting to collect all the 3D platformers. Yeah, they're working towards that. Yeah, so I think they they own Banjo, and with Activision, they'll have Crash and Spyro. They could they could really be be at the f- the forefront for the um for the three D platform in revival. So uh, tempted to go Donkey Kong, but um, wild card Metroid. Mm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Solid. Okay, Slugger. So knowing that, I let's see Splatoon's gone as well. I want to take Donkey Kong off the board to avoid the whole monopoly, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I knew the whole DK rap, I'd wrap it out right now. Oh my god! Phil's <laughs> listening right now. Just. Uh... Okay, now this is a. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm crazy, or it's crazy that it got this far in. But I'm gonna go Pikmin. You see, it's. I feel like you're biased because you're playing four. Yeah, you're recency bias. No, I'll. I'll. <laughs> I'll explain. Uh, I'll explain the rationale here, because with that in Splatoon, I had. I had some thinking. So. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I don't know much about the rest of the games on the board. Uh See, um, just gonna go where my. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with Star Fox. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Star Fox That's is great. 3D platform in it. 
It's know, uh well, it, I mean, it's again. There's so there's two different types. It like I remember Star Fox for like the 3D open world yeah. like action game that I played on GameCube. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I remember playing um a, a 3D Star Fox game. I'm pretty sure that was GameCube. Yeah, uh, I think they were were they 2D at one point. Yeah, they were 2D, but traditionally they're basically like uh like the gummy ship sections of Kingdom Hearts full games. Uh, okay. That's basically what it is. Yeah. So. Okay, um, so let's see. It goes to you, Max. Uh, well, Xbox they got they're struggling with the uh, with the JRPGs, and I think Xenoblade might be the closest we can get to that. Man, all right. Okay, Slugger. Oh, don't forget about the bottom one. Were we? It was. Oh shit, Bayonetta. Bayonetta. I think we all let Bayonetta slip. Bayonetta, and we will take Kirby. <laughs> I want Sony to give Bayonetta the God of War treatment. I want Bayonetta back on all consoles. I think it's criminal that it's on Switch. Yeah, I agree. It j- well, and, and <laughs> like famously, didn't the third one like not run very well on Switch either? So it's just, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's definitely being hampered by the hardware, but that's a different discussion. So, okay, let's go ahead. We'll start with you guys on team PlayStation, explain your rationale behind some of these choices, why you picked what you picked. Uh, do you want to go, right. Daryl? Do you want me to start? Uh, I could, I could go ahead and chime in. I don't have much to say. So out of the games you chose, I'll say I know about two of them at best, Pokemon and Donkey Kong. So Pokemon, obviously, you know, that's a huge thing in Japan. I, I just saw Pokemon stuff everywhere when I went to Japan a few months ago. Oh, I feel like it would make sense for Sony to pick that up. I would love to play Pokemon again. I feel like most of us would want to play Pokemon uh, on the console. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, just it just reminds me a lot of Crash Bandicoot. And yeah, that's that's really where my knowledge <laughs> of Nintendo's IPs all right i don't know much i mean animal crossing is probably another one i i just remember them being a huge hit during covid yeah and um i don't know if that's a testament to the game itself but you know if they continue to make these kind of games you know that'd be a huge money grab for for sony oh totally yeah okay slugger what do you think why'd you pick fire emblem Star Fox, and bayonetta um so Let's see. I immediately jumped on Fire Emblem because I was thinking of like Sony being kind of like what Daryl was saying in the same vein as Pokemon of like they're like the home of JRPGs. I feel like that's what they've been known for forever. Mm. I know Fire Emblem is really big, maybe not as big as some of the some of these other ones, but uh, Fire Emblem seemed like a good first pick. Get a nice solid JRPG on our lineup. Donkey Kong was my second pick. Kind of. The same thing we got. Sony has Ratchet and Clank, and then they're dormant. But Jack and Daxter, Lock Sly Kiko. Cooper, Astro's Playroom is kind of up and coming, and I think we'll see more from there. So like, PlayStation's get they're pretty solid on like the platformer front. Um, what's the other one? Sackboy was good. Oh yeah. Uh, so any platformer seemed like a good fit there, and then Bayonetta, I honestly kind of forgot Bayonetta was on the board there. I almost picked uh, Kirby. But Bayonetta seems right in line with like 
God of War, just like that nice hack and slash, beat em up, very action focused game. I could totally see Sony trying to like put a spin on Bayonetta where they kind of make it fall in line with the redone God of War. Probably wouldn't be for the best, but uh, she very that whole franchise I think kind of fits better with Sony than it does Xbox. Mm-hmm. So that's the reasoning behind my picks. Okay. And I, I think if Xenoblade was still on the board, I would have grabbed Xenoblade just for the same reason I said Fire Emblem, but I can't, I like our mix right now. I think we're good. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I would have picked Fire Emblem over Xenoblade. But alas. Yeah, I really wanted, I mean, I, yeah. The acquisition. I think of of the ones you have there, the like Animal Crossing was the one I was really hoping to snag. <laughs> so. Yeah, good job getting that. I think it's a pretty good list overall. And interestingly, like I can see some of these trophy lists like in my mind, right? Like Pokemon trophy lists, we've talked about like how cool it would be to get the platinum and like Pokemon red and blue. And yeah, the Pokedex. (laughs) Yeah, get all 151 Pokemon, right? And like, yeah, I I don't know. I could I could see it for some of these like Donkey Kong. The Masingo cheat. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Destroy your save file with the Masingo cheat. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it could, it could be some some fun stuff there, and I think, you know, Animal Crossing makes a lot of sense in terms of like just the install base and like that game sells like crazy, and I think it would be a really great game for PlayStation to have as well. Uh, yeah, so okay, let's go to let's go to our side, Max. Why don't you talk about some of your picks for Xbox? Why you picked? I think you got Legend of Zelda, Metroid, and Xenoblade. Yeah, I was actually hoping to uh, go the Pokemon route before uh, Xbox. But yeah. Obviously, that one was the first to go. The Legend of Zelda, um, I feel like that that just plays right into like the Bethesda RPG, though, doesn't it? Right. It's just like the, <laughs> that's what it is. It's it's a giant open world, you know, in the same sort of. It's got that Elder Scrolls sort of energy to it i guess in a way metroid that that's that's like i think that would be our a silent assassin you know just yeah yeah just 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 a little bit out there it's it's, it's not going to do crazy numbers like day one game pass but it would it would get a massive cult sort of following you know it's already got the following on switch but yeah, I, I think it. I think it just it'd be one of those games that would just work really well, for like day one game pass. Uh, Xenoblade, yeah, as I said, uh, Xbox really lacking on the uh, the JRPG front, and that certainly can help them. Fire Emblem would have helped as well. Um, They're making a push though with all their talks with Sega, right, and getting all the Yakuza games on Game Pass, all the Persona games coming over there now. Yeah, yeah so it's like, I feel like it's they coming. could be doing more, like, I'm, I'm, I was thinking this to myself at work the other day, like, they've got Blue Dragon and uh, Lost Odyssey, mm-hmm. and I did play Lost Odyssey uh, for a couple months um, at the start this year. It's fantastic. Like, Mr. Mr. Maddie plays, like, he knows, he knows what he's on about. And I'm just wondering why they can't put these games on Game Pass. Like, if you want to attract more publishers to get more JRPGs on your on your system, you should be championing the ones that you already own. 
Yeah, it is weird. I wonder if there's something with like the contracts and like because those games are from an era before Game Pass existed, if they'd have to like relitigate some sort of like financial agreement to get them on there and maybe they're just yeah. not willing to do it. Because yeah, I've thought the same thing. I picked up Blue Dragon for like five dollars when it was on sale a couple months yeah, back. So So they're both cheap enough as it is, but you know, as, as <clears throat> yeah. Colin Moriarty would say, Xbox players don't like buying games anymore. <laughs> I mean he's He's not wrong in the sense that I've had my mm. Xbox since September of last year, or October rather, and I've only purchased Blue Dragon. The only yeah. I got a game that came with my console, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, and yeah. I bought Blue Dragon, and everything else has just been from Game Pass. So I'll, I'll tell you what, my local game store—they've shrunk down the Xbox to like a small corner. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just like absolutely. two or three shelves with just like the essentials, like Red Dead Two and gta 5 and that's pretty much it like playstation's got a whole giant wall fucking oh yeah and, and switch like, especially super, has a huge wall yeah it's just yeah nintendo switch like has has their own wall but yeah it's i, I spoke to the guy and there he's like nobody's buying these games anymore man yeah yeah well and i also have the s right so i can only do digital even so it's yeah it's even yeah, more like that, inhibiting right? yeah uh, very good. Well, okay, so let me talk about my picks real quick. So Splatoon, which you're probably like, why did you pick Splatoon so early on? Well, I was, I'm th- I was thinking that. <laughs> I'm thinking of the ecosystem for Xbox and the Game Pass like element like we talked about. This is inherently a multiplayer game, right? So Xbox is known for co-op or PvP or PvE stuff because of Game Pass and because you can get these big amounts of players trying these games out and having that low barrier of entry and i feel like splatoon is a perfect one to get on game pass because you get a couple of people playing word of mouth goes your friends are playing it whatever right it's included in the service and you've got this really fun multiplayer experience that's different than some of the other like more shooter centric multiplayer experiences that they have on the platform so i just felt like it would work really well for what they have going on similarly metroid uh, just to speak to that real quick, like I think that's a really good pick that you had, Max, because if you consider the studios that they now own, like they're so good at making first-person shooters, like give Metroid to Machine Games, or give yeah, need a bit of variety, right? Give Metroid to like one of these other studios that like can make a fantastic shooter and make Metroid like an M-rated, awesome sci-fi shooter. Like I think it could be incredible. You could also even include a multiplayer element because they, again, Xbox and Game Pass, they like that stuff. You could do that. So I think that'd be cool. Pikmin, there is a recency bias, but it's also a very unusual game. There's not a whole lot of games like Pikmin in that it's like a time management, resource management, like exploration survival game. And Mm. it's co-op. So it benefits again in in 2, 3, and 4, it's co-op. So it benefits again from Game Pass and from getting more people in in the exposure and playing those games so i think that's sort of why i went that route and then kirby we got kind of stuck with at the end i do i have a pretty big gap with kirby i don't know a ton of those games but i do know like the forgotten land the most recent sort of like light 3d action platformer that came out was supposed to be really good on switch and i figure it it could be good here it also does have like some kirby all-stars and minigame stuff you know tie-in games that you could do so i don't think it's a horrible one to end up with even though it might be mm. the weakest of maybe the ones that we initially picked. But certain, I'm not going to lie, yeah. just looking at our list now, I've only played one game on our side, and that's Zelda. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I've never played any of these games. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, I see, and I've only played a few Zeldas. I've never played Splatoon. I played Metroid Prime. I've played Pikmin 1, 2, and playing 4, and I've never played Xenoblade or Kirby. So uh, I'm, I'm just going by like the knowledge that I've gained from just listening to countless hours of gaming podcasts. Yeah, well, certainly, I think both of the both of our lists, right? PlayStation having Pokemon and Animal Crossing, I think, being the other massive one for that side, and Xbox having Zelda and maybe like Metroid, I think, are both like in this in the sense of PlayStation, it's a system seller, and Xbox, it's a Game Pass seller. Like, if you came out and you're like, "Hey, the new Tears of the Kingdom or whatever Legend of Zelda, the new the new one is on Game Pass day one," like that's a console and or Game Pass seller, no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a uh, good list overall. Anything you guys want to add on the PlayStation side before we move on? Mm, I got nothing to add personally. I think it's a pretty good rounded out list on both sides. Nice. Daryl, you going to say something? No, I, I think this was, uh, it was, it was a pretty cool game. Thanks for this, uh, Maximum. It's pretty dope. dope. Yeah. No worries, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Maximum. Indeed. All right, let's go ahead and get into some Platinum shoutouts. So each and every episode, I look into our Trophy Room channel in our Discord and our Platshot channel in our Discord and select five Platinums or 100% to shout out on the show. So first up, we've got Lorenzo Lame with Death Squared, which sits at a 21.01% on PSM profiles for the PS4. Next up, we've got Quinn1229 with The Walking Dead, the final season, which I know she had been playing for quite some time. It's at 30.20% on PSMP for the PS4. Famously, that Telltale game, not just a simple complete the story, get the platinum. So it does require multiple playthroughs and a couple miscellaneous trophies. The third game here we have from MetRx is Trackmania, which sits at a 1.10% on PSMP for the PS5. I don't really know anything about this game, so when we get to the end, I want your guys' take on it, but it looks really difficult. I mean, obviously, it's an ultra rare. So... The uh, fourth game we have here comes from Zachary with Power Wash Simulator, which sits at a 23.97% on PSM profiles for PS5. Always been intrigued by this game, never checked it out, but the Platinum Image Maximum is really cool, so you might like that. And then... Investigate. Yeah, you gotta investigate. And then last but not least, we have EDJ3DG with Proteus, which sits at a 15.08% on PSNP for PS5. Boomer Shooter looks right up my alley. Maximum, you recommended it to me before as well. So, yeah, let's go to you first, Slugger. Any thoughts on these five plats? Uh, let's see. The Walking Dead Telltale series, I'll always personally plug that series. That's one of my favorite. I think that's the best Telltale series you can play next to, uh, what was the wolf one? Oh, The Wolf Among Us. Wolf Among Us. Walking Dead's right up there with it, especially that first season. It's so emotional. And they do a really good job at tricking you, making you think you're making major decisions, but the decisions don't really kind of change too much of the ending. It's kind of like Mass Effect in the way where like you start like really close with the amount of decisions. I'm trying to think of how to explain this. In the middle of the story, you can kind of go wide and things will be seem like they're massively changing, but by you get by the time you get to the end of the game, just about everyone has roughly the same ending, uh, with a few like minor differences. Like, I guess it more so affects the journey than the ending. But uh, always plug the Walking Dead. 
Why can't I think of what Death Squared is? Yeah, Death Squared is one I had not heard of before either, but it looked cool in the Platinum artwork and in the list, so that's why I oh, shouted yeah. it out. Robot puzzle game, looks yeah. like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I know nothing about that. I'll have to dig more into that once we're off. Trackmania. I need to find the video. I played this game a little bit. It's hard as hell. It, there's really short racetracks. They take 30 seconds to a minute and a half to complete. But uh, it's kind of similar to Crash Bandicoot, where if you're trying to like go for the Platinum, you need to be exactly perfect like any minor misstep even like losing like a fraction of a second like you just ruined your whole like run and um it it requires a lot of skill it requires a lot of patience i remember watching this youtube video where there was this track that this world record was on that hadn't been beaten for like years like years and years and then like someone out of nowhere found a like a shortcut on this track okay and it let them like shave off like a fraction of a second but it was really funny because that shortcut opened up uh another shortcut which opened up another one so i didn't know where this track that had this record for years and years like next thing you know the whole community is just like building on this one shortcut that was found and getting better and better and better at it <laughs> um so it's one of those types of types of games where like the community is extremely passionate about like the records and topping the leaderboards and like figuring out the best solutions to get through the tracks. I think it's a cool community, but it's a hard game. Proteus looked fun. Looks like doom. Yep. Uh, a really fun, uh, like ode to old school classic doom. I've been meaning to check it out cause I believe it's still on game pass, but I just haven't yet. It is on game pass. Yep. Well, it. then... it's really good. Nice. Nice. Power Wash Simulator, same thing. I grinded the hell out of that on on a work trip. <laughs> this game's funny because you think, oh, this is a really easy platinum. It is, but it takes forever. About a week into playing this in San Antonio, I started to have dreams about power washing stuff. <laughs> like I was literally like falling asleep. Uh so like when you finish power washing like a section, you get like this nice little bing sound and it's like bing and then you move on to the next section you clean that and you get a little bing. i was falling asleep with that bing sound stuck in my head <laughs> oh my god uh, and then i started dreaming about like coming up to like an old dirty mansion and like just power washing this mansion in my dreams i specifically remember this like it was really vivid <laughs> But yeah, it's a really fun game, but man, is it it's long. You're like, all right, how much more am I gonna power wash? And next thing you know, you're like power washing like the moon rover. Like what? or the Mars like the Mars landing rover, like one of those spacecraft. And it's like they just keep building and building and building on what you're power washing. So really fun, really addicting. It's just it's a long plat. Yeah. <clears throat> the guide says forty hours. I don't know how accurate you would find that to be but still that's a long time for what is seemingly a very like simple premise you know and they just got a spongebob dlc which has trophies so you can go like what uh power wash bikini bottom colin might want to check that out oh my god i think it was a free dlc pack they added with like five to ten trophies but yeah they know how to bring me in I know. (laughs) very cool all right well daryl any thoughts on these trophy lists or these trophies uh let's see <clears throat> i mean the walking dead you know 
if you're a fan of the show, you, you're definitely going to love, you know, this game. I played two of them. I haven't played the final season. I really need to get to that at some point. But it's always a good game. Very chill. Easy platinum. Uh, let's see. Power Watch Simulator. have not played this one, but I have seen other people play this before. It seems fun, so I, I would really like to play it at some point. Uh, let's see. Trackmania. So when I pulled up the trophy list for this game, I thought I was looking at the Fall Guys trophy list. Mm. It looks a lot like it in the sense. I was thinking, oh, this looks just like Horizon Chase Turbo, but the more I looked at it with the vibrant colors, it just reminded me so much of Fall Guys. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it, just, it just looks a lot like it. Dear God. Um, yeah. <laughs> you gave uh, Fall Guys PTSD? A little bit, yeah. I mean, as much as I love that game, <laughs> oh my god. No, man, uh, that, that was a rough time. That was a rough time for sure. Uh, Death Squared, uh, Proteus, uh, I did look at it briefly. It does remind me a lot of Doom. I don't know much about it, but yeah, good uh, variety of games up here. Shout yeah, totally, out. totally. All right, Maximum, anything you want to add before we move on? Um, yeah, a few things. I, I can't, can't speak to Death Squared. I, I, I think I've heard the name at one point, but really know nothing about it apart from that. Uh, Walking Dead, the final season. I played the Definitive Edition. Uh, as, just like I said, fantastic game. Like, definitely one of, uh, one of their best entries. Um, season one, yeah, emotional. Season two, I enjoyed just as much as season one. Uh, fell off on season three, really didn't like that. Uh, as Same. well as the uh, Michonne um, miniseries as well. I hated it. I, when I was playing Michonne, I just I made the absolute worst decisions I could think of. <laughs> on purpose, yeah, on purpose yeah. <laughs> I was just an absolute arsehole to everybody. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the final season, yeah, just really emotional uh like for quite a few shocking moments in that one as well uh wouldn't want to play it multiple times though so uh fair fucks to you um yeah track mania uh just by slugger's description it does sound like something i'd really enjoy um crash team racing is one of my favorites like it's one of the few games that i've still got installed on my console after platinum so yeah, that's something I'm definitely a little bit interested in. Um, Power Wash Simulator, yeah. Again, Slugger's already spoke to this. It's, I think it's, it's one that you just need to chip away at whilst, whilst you're playing other things. Maybe just play it for like half hour to an hour before you go to bed or something. That's probably the best way to tackle that. Yeah. Um, Proteus, yeah. Fantastic. Ode to Doom. That that is my highlight of this list. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, the trophy list doesn't look too bad for Proteus either, right? No. What, what I like is that it's only got a small amount of trophies: four gold, sixteen silvers, ten bronzes. So it's not like it's super bloated list either. Yeah. So shout out to EDJ, man. Uh, I think you you win my uh, win my personal favorite. For this. <laughs> shout out. Yeah, so I've been intrigued by Proteus. The other one that came out that looked similar that I was also checking out was Warhammer Bolt Gun, which was like their Warhammer take on like the uh, retro yeah. boomer shooter. And that one 
has no platinum, but it only has like 10 trophies and looks even easier. So it's it's sort of like, I don't know, maybe at some point I'll do both of them, but I, they're both on my wish list. So if they get a little bit cheaper, maybe I'll check them out. And of course, Proteus is on Game Pass, like we said. So there's that option if you're an Xbox player. But very good. Okay, guys. Well, I want to take this time here to give a special thank you to our Patreon supporters. So if you like the show and you like what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash trophy talk podcast, where you can find various tiers of support ranging all the way from bronze to platinum tier at the bronze tier and up. You get a shout out on the show at a silver tier and up. You get to write in questions to the show as well each and every episode. So I wanted to say a special thank you to our supporters over there. That's a big thanks to, hey, Maximum Carnage. <laughs> yeah, <The> slide- boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. The Slide G Cooper, Skrillis, Pat the Trophy Hunter, King K6969, B Down, Diego Juan, The Portland Kevin, Zachary, Thrawn, First Mage, Buff Cupcake, and Against Me 75. And I would also like to shout out the Portland Kevin has a podcast. We had him on here a couple episodes ago to talk about the PlayStation Plus Book Club or Games Club podcast that he does that. I believe Daryl, you and Slugger are going to be on relatively soon in August. Yes, sir. Cool. So go and check that out, guys. That's on Spotify and all other podcasts and uh, or podcast services, rather. And also want to shout out Pat the Trophy Hunter's YouTube channel and his Twitch streams. If you've not checked those out, they're a ton of fun. And... Yeah, he's doing his like Road to Platinum journey on Gran Turismo on YouTube. And of course, he was doing a lot of Tomb Raider recently on Twitch. So go check that out as well. Okay, guys, Patreon submitted questions. We don't have a ton this episode, which is cool because we'll then get more time to get into what we have been playing. But first question comes to us from Thrawn. He says, bonjour and salutations, dearest Trophy Talkers. Out of curiosity, what is your vision for the Trophy Talk podcast? I really appreciate that you have created a very specific podcast that no one else does. I'm glad you're not covering gaming news like a hundred other podcasts. So what are your plans? I know you mentioned Patreon only episodes, which sound awesome. Is there anything else you can reveal to us? Your dedicated time spent on making this podcast is truly appreciated. Thank you very much and take care of yourselves. So thank you very much, Thrawn, for the kind words. First of all, it's very, very nice of you to say. And I am glad that you're picking up on that we're not doing news coverage and things like that because... Early on in the show, it was a conversation of like we were covering some of that stuff a little bit more regularly, just like touching on it, like PlayStation News and all that. But I just feel like there's so many other podcasts that dedicate to that, that do it better, that that's like what they're known for, that we wanted to have a little special niche for ourselves. So, yeah, either way, I'm glad glad you're enjoying that. So for, as far as vision for the show, I mean, Slugger, Daryl, we can kind of all spitball talk about this and Maximum, obviously, you can chime in with anything <laughs> you think as well but i you know we've talked about patreon exclusive episodes when we hit a milestone there which we're working towards we've made some slow steady progress there which has been good to see and yeah the content of those is is going to be kind of varied we have a lot of ideas for what they could be but if we're not going to really solidify anything until that goal is closer to being met but in terms of like vision for the show right i think i like what we do personally i like kind of the approach that we take and trying to view everything through the lens of this metagame and the trophy ecosystem i would just like to get more refined and better at what we currently do i think in another sense my goal for the show would be to have more listeners right just more people exposed to it i don't want to be like some massive show by any means but having a few hundred listens per episode instead of like 100 to 150 listens per episode would be awesome and 
I think just kind of finding our own little like niche in the community that we can carve out for ourselves is really all I'm I'm trying to do at this point in time. I don't know if that's a really satisfactory answer. Slugger or Daryl, do you guys have anything that you want to add to that? You go ahead, Daryl. I mean, I I, I kind of follow the same vein as what Colin has said. I do. I would like for the show to grow. I would like for more listeners to listen to the show, especially you know, trophy talk or the trophy hunting community is really small. So it'd be really cool to kind of have the podcast kind of make its way to that community gradually over time. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I enjoy what we're doing. Uh, I, I would say like what Colin has kind of mentioned too is trying to get better each time we record at, um, when we do the podcast, just get better at it and ultimately just have fun doing it. I, I think we're doing a pretty good job of having fun. I'm I'm always excited when we come record during these times. So yeah, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Slugger, what were you gonna say? I would agree. I think uh, my personal goals is to just kind of work on the podcasting etiquette. Uh, as you guys know, I've been struggling with sound issues, and like I really just want to get like a nice, high quality setup, and really just get the whole podcasting thing down from beginning to end yeah stuff like that i just had to clear my throat there <laughs> try and like knock that shit out <laughs> well you can't always knock it out that's what the edit's for right yeah so little things like saying um like what i just did just basic i guess hosting etiquette i want to knock that out i agree with you guys though i think just general growth it'd be cool to be like the go-to trophy hunting podcast I don't, I'm sure there's others out there. I know there's PlayStation focused podcasts that sometimes touch on trophies, but as far as I know, I think we're one of the few that is like trophy focused, at least on the podcast front. I know there's a lot of YouTube content creators that are very trophy focused that are much bigger than us. And I know they do like video form podcasts, but I haven't been able to like find any of those shows on like just a podcasting service. And I think we're kind of getting there. Like, I like I hate to toot our own horn, but like we've been running our Twitter account. We kind of re rebuilt the Twitter account from the ground up once it uh, was lost to the ether. Yeah, yeah, it was was lost (laughs) to the ether for a little bit, and there was no activity. And it was kind of interesting because like me, Daryl, and Colin. There's a little behind the scenes stuff here. We share like our platinums and trophies and just general stuff, whatever we want to share. The three of us share the account. And it started off pretty like low key. We'd share platinum, maybe get like one like and maybe 30 interactions of like people just looking at it. And a lot of our like recent posts have like exploded into like 30 likes, 40 likes, 47 likes. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really cool to see like just that natural like growth. Like we're not doing any crazy like marketing, like we're just sharing our platinums out in the world and we're getting, you know, we're getting engagement, which is always fun. I always like the engagement. I like meeting new people. I like meeting new trophy hunters. I like seeing the community grow. Because the podcast is great. But I really also love like the community that we like bring around the podcasts. 
like right. the discord and the discussions and the party chats and people getting to know each other and like friendships fostering. Uh, I really like that aspect of it. And I would love to see like more of that. I think I'm going to toot our own horn again. I, so I shared the humanity plat yep. and one of the developers from the game liked the, liked the tweet, which was cool. And I think Daryl did the same thing. Daryl shared one of his platinums. You'd have to remind me what one, or maybe it was Colin, but you guys also had to know their developer, like one of your, one of your tweets. Yeah, I had Ghost Runner, the developer, like and retweet it. The, yeah, uh, the I love that stuff. So that was really cool. Because it's like, we're not out here trying to like get famous or anything, but it's cool to just like, I don't know, just that little bit of engagement with fans and developers of games that we're playing. Like, I think it's really cool. So I want more of that. Yep. 100%. Uh, I agree. I don't think we need to cover news. I think one of the other things I would maybe like to do more of, and we kind of do it with really important stuff, but I think like trophy specific news if it's something really big i always like to cover stuff like that we talked like stranded deep last week just kind of like the weird and different things that surround trophy hunting like it's such a niche thing that another podcast would cover it so i think it'd be cool to like lean a bit more into that but those news articles and those situations are kind of few and far between so it would be less so it's just more of like, like hey this weird thing happened let's talk about it this week mm-hmm. uh like we did with stranded deep so yeah, to, everything yeah, else. Hundred percent. There was yeah, more of that else. news, like in between the the generations. Like I remember, we were like speculating a lot on like what could what what are trophies going to look like on PS5 versus PS4, and like what is this trophy card system and the hint system and all that stuff. But you're right, right that like the news is kind of sporadic there for trophies, right? It's maybe like server closers closures or like unobtainables or stuff like that. So it's kind of a different sort of beast to try to find that stuff, but. Yeah, I think that those things are are value added to our listeners and are worth covering because they're relevant to what we talk about. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'd agree with everything else you said. Um, I hope we hit our Patreon only episodes, hit the goal for that. That'd be really cool. It's it's weird getting support. Like people are sending us money to support the show. Like it's cool that people do that, and I do it for other content creators. But it's weird right. that like now I'm on a show. And people are supporting us. I don't know. It's, it's just cool. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of quick things I wanted to add is like, we do want to do something different, of course, once the race ends in September. And that thing is going to be patron only, whatever the next sort of like activity that we do is over there. Um, And maybe we'll have another one that isn't patron only. We're, We're still like brainstorming some of that stuff. But I want to kind of dial in like a new fun activity in the Discord to kind of drive engagement like the race, you know, has done. That's another goal. And then maybe pie in the sky, right? Two other things. Well, one of them is not a pie in the sky. It just needs to happen. Got to figure out how to get on uh, Spotify because we're not on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Podbean, a bunch of other stuff, but we're not on Spotify. And when I've tried to do it, the issue comes down to how we host our show, which is through SoundCloud. It's like we have an RSS feed there and we pay a monthly subscription, which is $17 a month, by the way, just to host that. So that's what some of the patron money goes to as well, right? Like the when I've tried to get it onto Spotify, it's like, well, you don't own that RSS feed. It's like through SoundCloud, so you can't do it. And I'm like, huh? Mm. But that wasn't an issue with iTunes, right? Or any of the other, or the Google podcast. So it's just weird that that's the restriction there. But I know the Portland Kevin has his show on there, so maybe we can talk to him about you know how he does that and how he worked around that. So that's one thing. 
it's just more people that can listen on a platform that they like. And I would also be okay with putting the show on YouTube somehow. Maybe not even with like video slash uh, face cam, but you know how a lot of the podcasts will just put up like a static image and then the show will play. Like Smackerly also has a podcast, one of our Discord members, that he has like episodes up on YouTube that do that. And I think that's not a bad idea either. So those would be sort of like stretch goals in terms of like adding avenues of exposure to people. But yeah, Maximum, anything you're thinking when we're saying this stuff? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I didn't, I didn't type out anything for this question. This is, uh, this yeah, obviously your, your, you guys. Uh, this is strictly for you, really. But I mean, as someone that's part of the community, you know, I really appreciate what what you guys have been doing the last few years. Man, it's uh, the the quality is uh, is decent. The it's it's consistent. It's one of the shows I look forward to every every other week. Uh, I, I think I told you before, like I set up my uh, podcast on the Monday morning before I go out on the golf course, and yeah, you know, you guys go are on the lineup before Sacred Symbols. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Wow, yeah, fantastic. So, you know, um, I've, I've, I think you guys should be proud of what what you've done just uh stay consistent and you know keep an eye on the the community make sure everyone's getting along and happy days <laughs> i think i think eventually you'll see those numbers grow up again i mean i was gonna say it during the patreon shout outs you know it's cool to see these uh to see this number slowly growing yeah it is i, I totally agree well thank you i appreciate the kind words as well much much appreciated sir and before Sacred Symbols, we I know the reasoning, though, because Sacred yeah. Symbols is like six hours. So if you're going to listen to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. but everyone moans about the length of that podcast. But for what I do is the longer, the better. When I see that it's like five hours long and I'm like, Fuck yes, like, let's yeah. get into it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I one, like one to... sitting as well. No, oh, my no God. Pausing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I like to complain about it, but honestly, the only real reason I complain about it is because I like almost all the shows that come out of that network, and it is really hard to listen to all of them in a week, and so I feel like I'm yeah. just getting behind. But it's one... A bit, I, I, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a patron for um for LSM. I was considering it because they've got the uh, the Final Fantasy 16 spoiler cast up now, so it's true. I may be tempted to check it out. I think their spoiler cast for big games usually come to YouTube or their free feeds eventually from sacred symbols yeah. plus. So just a shout out on that. And I also really wanted to listen to that, but I did not because we're going to be talking about final fantasy 16 soon. And I didn't want any of my thoughts to be tainted before hearing from you guys. Very good guys. Very good. Thank you Thrawn for the question. I hope you are well, sir. Next question comes to us from King K 6969. And he says, if you could start a non gaming podcast and have a guarantee that it would be successful, what would the podcast be about? So let's go in reverse order here. Max, I'll throw it to you first. What do you think about this? Ooh, I did write up quite a bit for this, actually, to be fair. So uh, shout out to King K, man. Uh, you've been a, Good he's guy. a patron, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's been a patron he for, yeah, uh, for yeah. a while. I was going to say, he's been, he's been, he's been here for a, for a little bit now. Uh, yeah, this is, this is actually legit something I've thought about for a while. Uh I eventually came up with the idea um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the idea of festival stories. So as some of you know, I don't go on traditional 
vacations throughout the year. In the summer months, I attend multi-day camping, heavy metal festivals. Uh, <laughs> the, U- the UK and other European countries are like notorious for having wild festival vibes and antics. For a lot of punters, it's one of the few times of year that they can let their hair down and live a couple of days of absolute freedom. So every year you'll see some hilarious, disgusting and, and absolutely batshit crazy things happen at these events. Whether you're a bystander or watching your friends make complete fucking morons out of themselves, sometimes even yourself. If you come back from a festival and don't have a story to share, then you've missed the entire fucking event. Mm. It's so hard not to see something that will stack with you, uh, sorry, stick with you and become a memory for that specific year that you attended so i think the purpose of the podcast would be to share these stories with the audience and like you guys eventually build a fan base and they'd write in share their own personal experiences of course like these are annual yearly events so we'll be able to talk about the aftermath and uh review the festival and the bands that played and for the rest of the year just dive into all these stories or do flashback to other years i mean i've been going to festivals since uh since i was 15 i was 15 16 uh with enough write-ins and keeping it to an hour hour and a half podcast as well as if the quality in the podcast is is good then we could have near limitless content i I could imagine people really getting into it as the festival seasons approach year after year and that hype and anticipation grows. Oh, absolutely. Now, are you envisioning like something where you would interview people at the festivals and record that and put it in the show? Are you saying like you would do like after the sharing your stories? Yeah. I've got, um, I've, I've got a close friend of mine, shout out to Connor Gale. Uh, he, he comes with me to, to bloodstock festival, Every year we've been going, every year that it's been on since uh, 2019, uh, I think this is our fifth or sixth year is coming up um, in about uh, just just under two weeks. So uh, I, I guess, um, you know, me and him would just sit down uh, once, once a week in front of the computer and just just shoot the shit. I mean, he it, it can, it can talk and talk and talk, you know, probably have a few beers doing it as well. That's, yeah, yeah, pretty heavy metal, man. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a pretty good idea. I did look, I did quickly look up on Google the other day to see if there was anything uh, along those lines. I did find something, but it's, uh, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it, it's, uh, I don't think they do it anymore. So, yeah, it, it could be a, a hole to fill there. Oh, for sure. Very nice. Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea, and it's like ties into something that you're passionate about, that you spend a good amount of time on every year. I mean, that's the real important thing. Whatever you're going to do a show on, you need to be, you need to really like it. You know, I mean, yeah, the audience can obviously tell. It. Yeah, if you don't, and so, yeah, no, that's a really cool idea. I like that. Nice. Uh, let's see, Daryl. Let's go to you next. What do you What do you think about this? Uh, so. Chick fil A mm. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love chicken sandwiches. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> um, so, I, I would actually like to do a podcast about uh, TV shows and movies. Just do like a, a review kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like 
shows I watch when I discuss with people like, hey, have you seen Mayans or have you seen Warrior? A lot of people, I'm talking about like one or two. I feel like the general amount of people that I talk to have never heard of most of the shows I watch. I just feel like a lot of these shows aren't really getting the exposure, at least in the area where I'm from. Uh, so it'd be cool to talk about these shows, like some of these shows that don't really get a lot of attention. Because uh, I, I really like watching movies. TV shows, I watch it every now and then, but movies is kind of like my big thing. It's funny because Colin and I, we did this training at work, and one of the ladies in our group, we had to share something about ourselves that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. This lady said, oh, you know, like, how when you watch movies, you can, like, already predict what the character's going to say? That's me. And I was thinking in my head, that's me too. I do that. <laughs> so I, I, I really enjoy movies. Um, I have such a huge, like, memory of, like, all the mo- movies I've watched, movies I've enjoyed. Uh, so it would be really cool to talk about everything about the movie, like my general impressions, um, like kind of going into like a deep breakdown of the movie as well, like examining characters, you know, looking at the plot, you know, character development, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, the same would go towards like TV shows. TV shows would be great because a lot of TV shows have seasons you can really work with. You can like really track character development over a long period of time, which is really cool. You know, look at one character and just see how they evolve from season one to, like, what, season 20. If you're talking about, what, Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> oh, my God. So many seasons uh, of that show. It's ridiculous. I know. I'm just, like, thinking, like, what season is it on now? I know it's, like, really up there. But something like that, you know, just really breaking down, you know, scene by scene. Um, you know, just talk about movies and TV shows. And... It'd be really cool, you know. I've always thought about it, like after the trophy talk, like eh, maybe, maybe something I can do or look into. But movies and TV shows is like a really big thing for me. Yeah, that's rad. I I agree in that. Like, I love talking about movies and TV shows and getting in depth with it. And I don't really have many people to like do that with. Obviously, Stephanie and I will talk about stuff we're watching, but aside from that, you know, it's like you don't really get to like dig into it in the same way and analyze the scenes and stuff like that. And there's been so many shows that I've watched where I like really wanted to do that. Like Ozark was a great example and I didn't know many people watching Ozark, you know, and I was like, God damn it, dude. Like this show is amazing. Like, or, uh, you know, bloodline on Netflix as well, or, you know, uh, the expanse or any of these other shows that I've gotten like really into recently. So I like that idea quite a bit, quite a bit, sir. Ozark's really good. I, I just felt like it got so boring when the whole damn world wanted to talk about Game of Thrones. And then, like, after that show left, like, nobody can, like, say anything else about any of the other forms of media out there. Yeah. It left a big kind of, like, hole for a lot of people. Although, I think House of the Dragons, or House of Dragons was really good the first season. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, when that came out, I mean, I was talking about that show with, like, you, another guy at work, and, like, a lot of people. So I, I felt like, you know, with Game of Thrones leaving, that show definitely filled a hole for a lot of people. People were talking about it quite often. Yeah, totally. 
Very good. All right. Well, Slugger, what about you? What do you think? A Loadmaster podcast? What would you be doing? <laughs> no, I I mean, that could be a good one. Uh, just with the amount of places I've traveled and things I've experienced. But at the same time, I feel like I would run out of stories eventually. So it's like, do I lean into other people's stories? But it actually ties into that people's stories um i'm stealing this idea from my brother and gonna get a little little, like somber for a minute but Mm. um actually it was before my grandpa passed my brother was telling me like i think my my grandpa was starting to like decline pretty greatly in his health over the span of like this year not this current year but two years ago his health started to decline and my brother started to like, hey, like, tell me some stories. Tell me some stuff. And my brother, just questions we never even, like, thought to ask. But now is important because it's like, we need to know about your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother's telling me, like, all this crazy stuff about how my grandpa spent, like, a week in a brothel. And, <laughs> like, just ridiculous. What a legend. <laughs> yeah. We don't, know, we don't know if this stuff is true. We don't know, like. And then it kind of made me realize uh, as my brother's telling me, telling me these stories, like he spent like 10 years in the army. I know nothing about his military service. I know nothing about his childhood or growing up or his early life with my grandma. Like I literally know nothing about him because as a kid, you just don't think to ask those questions. It's right. like, oh, we're at grandma and grandpa's house. Like, where's our ice cream? We're going to go play outside. Mm-hmm. So my brother was asking these questions to him. And getting all these crazy stories, and it was just like blowing our mind. And my brother's like, "Dude, you know what'd be awesome?" And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's being done somewhere. I just don't really know like what to search for it. But he's like, all these. My brother's telling me like all these old people have so many stories, and nobody thinks to ask about their life. They could look like the most boring normal person, but they probably have wild stories from growing up. And he's like, it would be a cool idea to like start a show where like you interview older people, whether in whether they're in a nursing home or a family Mm. friend or, you know, wherever you get them, then just interview them about their life. Yeah, because he's like, I might he's like, Grandpa had so many crazy stories I would have never known about that, like he would have just like passed with if I had never thought to like ask those questions. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And he's like, it'd be really cool for the families. He's like, I think it'd be entertaining. He's like, Grandpa's never made me belly laugh that hard with some of the stories that he was telling me. (laughs) Um, And at the time, I'm like, yeah, dude, we should do that. Like, that'd be so easy to set up. And then we kind of just like, we talked about it a bunch that night. And then nothing really ever came of it. Because he lives in New York, my brother. I live down in Arkansas and we just never like the logistics of it. I say we're complicated, but I'm sitting here and you guys are in California. I'm in Arkansas. Max is over in over in the UK. Like there's ways to make it happen, but I think I don't know how we would like get older people to like figure this out. Like it would have to be me going, bringing my equipment to someone or my brother, Jake bringing his equipment to someone. But I really like the idea of like collecting stories and just kind of like, I mean, you're never going to hit everyone because there's 
Oh, it's infinite. Yeah. Yeah, but that's also kind of like the magic of it is like you may have one semi-boring episode one time and then like the next time you interview like a Vietnam War veteran who just has the most like crazy tales that no one's ever thought to like ask him about. And that was kind of my thought was like, man, this could literally just be like endless content and it's always going to change. It could always be about something different. Yeah. And it'd be really cool to like get these, I don't want to say these people, but like the older generations, like thoughts on their life growing up and what was the world like back then? What crazy antics did they get into? Like, what did they take away from, you know, being on earth for 80, 90 years? Like, I think it's a cool idea. Um, but again, I think it's the logistics that kind of scares me away from it. And I don't know like what the audience is for that. I don't know if that's something that like people are looking for. Surely people would enjoy it. I would like to think. So I'd almost have to find like the motivation in myself of like, I want to, I want to do this. I do. I do think it would be cool. I don't know how like badly I want to do it, but I think like being on a show with my brother doing that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. where we could like bounce off each other and play off each other's questions and so i guess that would be my idea yeah i mean the way how, you could do okay. it is a lot like how they used to do knockback right where like they would fly to each other and then like record like 10 episodes across like a week and then have that be the content for like the next like three months or something right oh shit i didn't know they did that yeah 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 so, so, like, you could, like, fly to New York and be like, I'm going to spend a, a week in New York, and we're going to interview, like, 10 people or whatever. And then if you do every other week, that's 20 weeks of content, it's like, four or five months. And then you do – your brother flies out to Arkansas, and you do it there. You know, like, you could just switch off and do that. Right. So, our idea initially was to, like, start with immediate family. Or not even immediate, but, like, immediate and extended. Like, hey, let's go find family members we may barely know. And, like, go reach out to them and, like, ask them to tell us their story. Because we have so many, like, great aunts and uncles that, like, we know of, but we've never really cared to talk to ever. Yeah. Um. So I think it'd be cool just to kind of, like, build our own personal family heritage. And then, it like, if it kicked off from there, um, turn it in, you know, maybe actually turn it into something. But really just kind of a way to, like, archive history, I guess, people's lives and their experiences. So, yeah. I think that would be my answer. <clears throat> I think that's a really cool idea. I like that a lot. You should try to make it happen, man. I mean, worst case scenario, you could always just try to do one recording, like interview one person and just see how it goes, right? And then be like, all right, was that what I thought it was? Different? More fun? Less fun? Whatever. Um, so what I might do, I'm going home. I'm feeling a little motivated right now. I'm going home September 15th through the 25th. And I'm like, ooh, now that I'm like talking about this, I'm like, maybe I could just bring all my stuff up. And I like, we could do that with my grandma because my grandpa passed last year, um, uh-huh. which is very sad. But we're like, Ooh. I'm sitting here thinking like we could still talk to grandma. And I'm sure grandma's got lots of stories about grandpa that she's never told anyone. Oh, yeah. He's like, hung like a horse. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you blew it. You know what? Uh, something just came up. I got to go. <laughs> Have you guys seen the new, there's like a new Tom Segura Netflix special? Um, I have seen that, yeah. Dude, I was busting up when he's like, he's like telling us, like he was talking to his dad on his dad's like deathbed. And his dad's like, I got to tell you something. I like a big bush on a woman. 
And he's like, what the fuck, dad? Like, why are you telling me this? He's like, who the hell else am I going to tell? Like, you know, it's, it's just like so funny. Yeah. So you're going to, you could get some stuff like that. God, I hope not. <laughs> I think he told that on, um, what's it? Uh, two bears, one cave, didn't he? Oh, did he? I don't, okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I did listen to that podcast for quite a bit. Um, that's uh, they're, they're very um like american comedians so like i don't really know what they're going on about half the time but it's it's a fun listen oh for sure that was a good special yeah that was it was quite funny would recommend it so yeah well, interestingly enough though like it's not exactly what you're talking about slugger but i actually did do something kind of like that where when i was like really wanting to get into podcasting before i started trophy talk with eli and with daryl like, I had done a series of interviews with my friends, basically. I interviewed each of my friends, that, or, like, some of my friends, I should say, probably about six or seven of them, on the thing that they were, like, really the most passionate about in life or that they were, you know, an expert on, right? And I had a bunch of them recorded. Like, and if you actually look at our SoundCloud feed, the very first thing that's on there is called Coffee Kids Episode 1 Pokemon, and it's me talking to my really good friend, Kata who is a sushi chef and loves Pokemon Go. And I was talking to him about Pokemon. And I had for a while on there a couple other ones, including one, an interview with my friend Victoria, who is a registered nurse practitioner and was talking to her about like working in the medical field. I have a friend who played like semi-professional basketball in Japan. So I talked to him about that and his love of Call of Duty you know, I, I basically tried to interview a bunch of different people in my life to like do that. And I just didn't end up doing anything with it. But that was always something that really appealed to me is just like talking to some of my good friends. Because I, th I like to think that me and my friends are really funny when we're together. Like, I don't know if we actually are, but I thought it could be some good content. So yeah, that was an idea that I had originally had was sort of like an interview show. But more recently, I guess to King's question, like if I was going to do something, I think it's kind of the boring answer in that it's still media related, but like, I still, I agree with Daryl, like movies and TV or like even books. Like I love to just talk about stories and media and, you know, I, th I think that I would really enjoy something like that going deeper dives into the stories and the characters. It's not something we really get to do on our show where we're more trophy focused, right? It's pretty rare that we get to like dissect oh, I don't think this character got developed in the right way, or, like, I don't think this side quest was written well. It's, like, not really stuff that we can talk about on the show, even though we probably think about it all the time when we're playing the games that we're playing. So being able to do that with movies or something like that would be really fun. I think sort of a backup option would be something, a combo of, like, talking about running and also smoking weed. <laughs> Some sort of combo there of, like, the, the like you could call it, like, runner's high or something like that. Where, yeah, just like talking about my journey of like trying to get back into shape and trying to run frequently and, you know, what that means and like how that like affects your life and how you have to plan around that. And also like, you know, obviously cannabis has been a part of my life for a long time and how that, you know, intersects or doesn't intersect or whatever I think could be cool. So those are sort of like the ideas that I had in terms of like a show being, but yeah, to have it be instantly successful or guarantee that it would be successful as a is a nice caveat there from King K. I would say too, like if if I could do another like gaming show, I've always wanted to do a Halo podcast. Like, would love to do a deep dive in Halo, do an episode for every single level of every main game, 
right, really talk about it, the story, the design, the gameplay, like the legacy of it. There's the esports side, there's the forge side, there's the, you know, all the journey from Halo CE all the way up until Halo Infinite and what that meant for the franchise. I think there's so much content there. You've got the books, you've got the animated shows, you've got just tons and tons of stuff. So that would be if I was going to do like another gaming specific one and keep it like kind of niche, it would be uh, for Halo. I'd listen to that. I mean, I've I've played the first three games. I really like Halo, but uh, I played them, I think, uh, four or five years ago now. And I couldn't tell you what the fuck's going on in that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I need yeah. an expert to like tell me what the shit is. Oh yeah, dude. I would, uh, I would love that. Actually, funny enough, again, on our SoundCloud, there's three episodes of a show I started about Halo called The Pelican Drop. And it's me and my friend Grayson, who was on my semi-pro Halo team for like three years, where we talk about Halo Reach, and we have three episodes on that. That might be actually on iTunes and stuff. It might be on our feed still, because it's the same RSS feed, so that would make sense. But uh, yeah, it'd be pretty funny. The quality on that podcast, that was like when I was learning how to do intros and editing and all that stuff. So the thing with those pods, it's like the sound quality is not as great and blah, 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 blah. So I would want to redo that, but... Yeah, that was a, a great question there, King K. I appreciate you writing in. And of course, thank you for the support. Last question of the show comes to us from Maximum Carnage. So Maximum, why don't you go ahead and read it to us? Yeah, well, uh, I thought I'd throw in a question seeing as they were looking a little bit thin this week. So <laughs> greetings, Ifrit, Titan, Ramu, and Bahamut. Uh, I'm Bahamut. Ah, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm going to decide this time. Colin, you can be Ramu. Yeah, uh, let's go. I think Titan should go to Daryl. And nice. Logger, I think you can be Ifrit. A little Ifrit. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I, I think that works. So when it comes to the PS Plus monthly up- updates, which updates do you look forward to the most? Essential or extra and premium? Ooh, it's a good question, sir. Good question. I feel like my answer is going to be <laughs> maybe disappointing. It's definitely essential, but honestly, I almost don't really care anymore. Like, I I understand that it's important for, like, the context of most of the player base on PlayStation, but most of the time, I couldn't give two fucks about it, unless it's, like, all of a sudden, like, a, a really surprising game is on Essential. Um, even though it wasn't for me, like NBA 2K23, I think was one of those where it was like, whoa, this is like a big game or Call of Duty Cold War. It's like, that's a big game. And those are cool to get for most people. But I just feel like there's so many games coming out this year that I know I want to buy. My backlog is huge. My cleanup is huge. Like, I just couldn't be fucking asked to play some of these games sometimes. It like throws wrenches in my plan. The caveat now being with like trying to do some of this A to Z challenge right with with pat's discord like it does give me an opportunity to to snag some of those games that maybe align with letters i don't have already in my library so that's kind of cool but yeah i'm sort of a phony like if i if i could get like online play and and party stuff and like i don't know like in just the cloud saves without the free games for cheaper money i'd probably even just do that you know i'm at at like basically not using any of the perks from essential at this point (laughs) So that's 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 just me though, and I know obviously Daryl and Slugger, your answers are going to be different. Yeah, but... um, 
My personal favorite, I'm going to end up in the middle. It's got to be the extra tier. In the past, uh, I was subscribed to PlayStation Now, and I probably would have said, like, the bet, like the base PlayStation Plus subscription was my favorite because I never really touched the stuff coming into PlayStation Now. But yeah, now, same that, now that they switched this whole, like, I guess, Game Pass model, I think uh, extra is kind of where it's at. I think partly due to the larger drop size. There's mm. normally about six six to ten games in there, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And they do pretty well, I think, at like sprinkling indies in there and maybe one triple A game, a bunch of like double A games. But I always really like the indie offerings. Um when I look at past months, we got like Toem, Humanity, Stray uh to chia's in there mm-hmm. actually all those ones i'm listing all launched on the service on that tier and i th- think we're kind of like backed by sony in that manner so i really like that tier i like the idea of like sony taking that approach of like we're not gonna have our first party games drop on to the service but what we'll do instead is we're gonna give you guys like really high quality indie games that launch onto the service. And I always like look forward to those the most. Mm. So I think that's why I'd end up in the middle tier with like extra essential games. Always still good, but I think it's the low number where I'm, I always feel kind of underwhelmed. I tend to own a lot of them. Uh, so like this latest batch that I'm going to talk about, I own that's coming out in August. I own death's door and dreams. So for me, I get PGA tour 2k 23 in most, uh, like, most months i own at least one or two of the games that's a very much a first world problem for a lot of people that's amazing but for me i was a like sale junkie and just buy things left and right so a lot of the times these uh like extra games come out or sorry essential games come out and i already own one or two of the three so extra is kind of where it's at for me premium is really cool i thought i was gonna like going back to retro games way more than I actually do. Um, yeah. You like the I, idea of the retro game more than the retro game. <laughs> yeah. It's really tough to like, I guess, build up the thought process of wanting to go play them. Cause I do want to play them. Like there's so many siphon filter games and the ape escape and ape Academy and uh, twisted metals now on there. Like legend of Dragoon. I want to go check these out, but it's, Man, it's so hard jumping back to those classics after jamming on like PS5 titles for a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Long answer short, it would be the extra tier for me. Totally. Just to add real quick before we toss it to Daryl, um, on your point about the premium tier, I I initially was really excited about that too, and I've told this story before. Like, I just got so disappointed when Resident Evil Director's Cut came out with no trophies, and it just totally killed my like excitement for that title and i've just never been able to like recapture that but i know that they're going back they're adding trophies to some of these games and there are like you're saying slugger some of these retro games that i do really want to try like set like siphon filter like ape escape like legend of dragoon you know obviously the resident evil director's cut like if they put parasite eve on there i'd be really excited so there's certain things that could come on there that i would be like oh this is sick but like you've noted too the quality of life improvements that we get from some of these newer collections like the final fantasy pixel remasters or you know the coming metal gear collection or the cowbunga collection all this stuff like 
those aren't there in these versions, like on premium and these releases. So you're like, it's really hard to go back and play them. Like in your mind, it sounds good. But when you like actually pick it up, you're like, whoa, this is, yeah, this is tough, you know? Or Wild Arms is another one that's on there that I like really wanted to check out. So I don't know. It's, it, it's ended up being less enticing than I originally thought it would. The good news is you can just still buy those titles a la carte if there is like an old one or a premium title that you really do want to check out and you've got some nostalgia for, you can just buy it for like 10 bucks or whatever, which I, which I appreciate. But yeah, Daryl, what do you think? Let's go to you. Which is the most uh, exciting for you in terms of updates? So <clears throat> I, I was kind of like you. I didn't really care because I had the essential tier uh, since it, it switched over to the three-tier service. So Essential's the only a tier that I had had for like two and a half years. So didn't really care too much. I mean, obviously I downloaded <clears throat> or I added all those games to my library just in case I might play them at some point in the future. But I was never really excited about the games being released. However, until I got the extra tier recently so the extra tier you know it was on on, on the discount so i picked that up oh absolutely amazing is i'm having so much fun with it and it's probably going to be my bread and butter going forward but the extra tier now that it gives you more options available i'm like super excited every month that you know new games are going to drop a lot of the games that have come out are games that i've never even heard of so what kind of adds to this whole excitement about the service is that I watch uh, a few videos on YouTube about the games that are being released every month. They break it down. They talk about each of the games that are being released for the Essential, Extra, and Premium tier. And the YouTube channel is called PlayStation Grenade. And it's, it's really cool content. They just talk about all the games. They cover everything. They kind of break it down little by little. They talk about uh, the game itself, how many hours you're looking at, 100%ing it. They even talk about easy platinums you can get off of the uh, the games that are being offered. So it's a really cool content. I like it. It's probably like one of the things I'm really excited about every month on top of the games that are coming out. So I yeah. think uh, for June or for July this month, they had a lot of games, a lot of games being offered. I was really excited by SpongeBob and yeah. that finally came. <laughs> to the tier, to the extra tier. So I've been jamming out on that. I'll talk about that a little bit more once we get to the what we've been playing. But um, I I have been really excited, like just for that tier alone. Like every month, I'm always like happy to hear about it because like everybody will always talk about when are the new games coming out or like have they made any announcements? And this is when I had the essential tier. Like everybody else was excited about the games coming out for the new month. I was having this essential tier, and I was just like, I don't know what you guys are excited about. You know, it, we might get lucky. Maybe we'll get some good games. Maybe we won't. But now, when I now that I have the extra tier, I'm just like, oh man, it, it's almost like the night before Christmas. Like you, you can't, you just can't wait <laughs> to open your presents. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's that's a how cool I feeling. feel. I feel yeah, like a yeah. Kid. No, that's great. That's great. I, I think, like, it totally makes sense that the extra is, like, where the value is at, too. Like, I, I, I did use PlayStation Now a good amount, like, towards the beginning of last year, especially. I played, like, 
a lot of the old God of War games on there. I played um, Umbrella Chronicles for Resident Evil on there and stuff. So I don't know. There's been times when I've really enjoyed it. Like I've said, I just feel like having Game Pass and Extra is just too much choice. It's way it's way too many options for games. I'm never going to play the stuff I already purchased or that I have in my backlog if I just have this never-ending library of free stuff available to me. So I have to like cut myself off or I'll just never make progress. <laughs> so I was like, nope, I'm going to Essential. That's it. <laughs> um, but Max, what do you think personally? What Which one are you the most excited about? Yeah, I'm I'm on Slugger's side of this one there. Extra and premium updates. Um, I I still consider myself to be uh, quite a retro gamer. Even towards the end of the PS3 lifespan, I was still jamming out on all the PS1 classics that they released on there. And I've built up a library of about 40 classics that are just sitting on my PS3 hard drive now. That's amazing. uh yeah i I agree with what you said about uh resident evil earlier i think the the promise of this um of this uh new tier system and old games having trophies and stuff um yeah i think we could some of us got our expectations a little bit too high and uh yeah it was a massive miss for capcom to uh not add trophies to this game but you know it is what it is uh would love to see them try and put a bit more effort into it i mean uh there's there's been rumors now for ages that eventually dino crisis is gonna have to come and if that got trophy support oh, oh i'd be i'd that. see it. that i would be fucking excited about for sure yeah yeah but i mean you know if 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 that day does eventually come and it and it doesn't have trophy support then i'll be like well i've got dino crisis one and two on my ps3 and i've had them there since <laughs> what since 2015 so yeah why did i wait all this time and dino crisis 2 is an amazing game by the way i really like it yeah i've heard um, it's great i mean same thing with like a silent like silent hill 1 and 2 or something you know like yeah although i'm I'm kind of holding out hope that konami they're in this collection release phase now where like maybe they'll do a silent hill 1 through 4 collection or something like that which yeah be, which I, re- really I, cool. I really want konami to put on uh, the uh metal gear acid games oh yeah yeah maybe well well, they said there's going to be two volumes right for the collection Uh, so maybe well yeah they those are for the mainline titles but the uh the the acid games were were spin-off games and they it was more of a tactical uh slash card game ah so you actually like you you used cards to either move or like do uh special abilities like if like you had uh a gun or something you could use it to shoot someone or you could use you could throw it away to move a couple spaces and it, it was like turn-based it's 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 a really cool like concept but uh extra and premium i i like sony's approach to it uh they add something for everybody like we've you preached the variety uh the last few the last few updates you know there's something for the kids there's something for the adults uh yeah they're not dropping first party games day one they eventually like put up games that have been out for a couple years they put them onto the service and they do really do really do a good job of highlighting the indies so it's it's a good way to give those smaller games their highlight alongside 
games that people have already played or have been waiting on, you know. It's, I, I think that's just something for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good question, though, sir. Thank you for bringing that up. It actually ties in quite nicely with our next section, which is going to be Slugger's Roundup of the PlayStation Plus Essential releases for August. So before I go there, Colin, I do want to shout out on the Xbox, since you're talking about, like, you wish there was Silent Hill. You can get the Silent Hill HD collection uh, digitally. Oh, Xbox. that's right. You can. Oh, shoot. And I don't want to tempt you and make you sin, but it's currently on sale for $9.89. Oh, bro. You know, you know what's serendipitous? Down from 30 bucks. I've just collected enough points through, like, doing the, the game the like quests in game pass that i have a ten dollar yeah. gift card yeah so i believe that's silent hill two and three so maybe you go snaggy those two. Oh shit the, boss achievements and everything oh my god oh my god <laughs> all right well i know what i'm doing later today yeah check it out all right um playstation plus essential roundup we don't know anything about the extra premium yet actually we know a little bit about the premium which i'll touch on after i cover the essential but coming to you August should be uh, the Wednesday after you're listening to this. So August 2nd, you should be able to claim these in the store. You guys and gals out there listening are going to be able to claim PGA Tour 2K23, which is, has a PS5 and PS4 version. And if you're going for the Platinum, that's a 3 out of 10 difficulty, 20 hours, two multiplayer trophies. Um, but I do want to shout out that you need to be online for a vast majority of the trophies because they're level-based and <clears throat> in typical fashion, like a lot of our games now, for some reason, for you to make progress on your account and to level up and gather experience, you need to be connected online. Okay. So if if you are one of the unfortunate people out there who don't have, uh, I guess, easy access to online capabilities that may be a roadblock for you but i'm always a fan of golf games i'm probably going to check this out golf a bunch get a golf platinum i believe i have like two or three golf platinums on my account so i'll keep the ball rolling there um that's the newest title as well so just worth shouting out it is it's oh yeah it's new it's probably still active if you like golfing with other people or multiplayer i'm sure there's a good community there and that's two like golf, two so of like I'm the last yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the two of the three recent months having the new sports games right because i think it was two, nba 2k 23 was like the headline two months ago then last month was cold war and then this month is pga 2k 23 so yeah um interesting next yeah, month coming to you out. madden 2k 23 <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see next up highly highly recommend this for everyone out there who loves any games uh, Death's Door, which it has a PS5 and PS4 version as well. You'll be able to claim both. And if you're going for the Platinum, this is a 4 out of 10 difficulty, 15 hours, two playthroughs. Uh, I'm going to throw a caveat on the playthrough. There's a trophy for using the base weapon through the entirety of the game. The base weapon is an umbrella. And I personally didn't want to do two playthroughs, so I got this plat last year. I personally just used the umbrella from the get-go and went through the whole game. I did, I honestly didn't think it was too bad. I don't. I think the challenge felt fair throughout the entirety of the thing 
or through throughout the entirety of the game using this umbrella. I don't think it like completely uh ruined the game at all doing this. There was a couple sections that were maybe harder, but uh highly highly recommend this game. You play as a uh a raven and oh man, I forget the specifics. It's all right. It would have been spoilers anyway, but it's like it's an isometric kind of uh Zelda-ish type of game. The boss battles kind of remind me of Souls battles. There's lots of dodging and iframes and rolling through attacks and chipping away at huge bosses that are like three, four, five times the size of you, but really good art design, really good music. Overall, a great time. Highly re- recommend it for everyone if you're into like the indie scene. And then and last but not least, this one's weird to me. Um, but we're getting dreams on PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Give me a boo. Um, if you're going for the platinum, three out of ten difficulty, fifty hours. Here's where it sucks. One of the trophies is currently unobtainable. I get. <laughs> I guess uh, the developers are aware of it. They say they're working on a fix, but since they have said that, done a little research on this. Since they have said they're working on a fix, the game has been patched twice, and there's been no mention of fixing this trophy. So there's a trophy for. Popping all the bubbles through like the campaign mode. The campaign mode is a little short, maybe three to four hour game that the dream or yeah, that the dreams developers made with the dreams tools. I, I think it's a really cool experience to see like, uh, like what you can make with the dreams tools. Sorry, let me backtrack. If you don't know what dreams is, I feel like most people do, but if you don't, it's really just a big game engine um yeah it's a like game, a forge a game, yeah it's like a game engine within a game so you go into this game and they say here's all these tools and there's actually really great like tutorials in the game hey here's how you make a landscape here's how you make characters here's how you make here's how you animate your characters and animate the landscape and the game does a pretty good job at like teaching you all that but the campaign mode is a game that the developers made using those tools so it's really cool to see like i thought the campaign was good and i was like oh shit this is actually wild that like any joe schmo could make this up if they put like the time and effort or like could make this little three to four hour experience if they put the time and effort into it but but somewhere along the way in one of their updates there's uh like scenes that were or like areas of that campaign that somehow like don't load or they don't happen anymore and there's collectibles in those areas that you just you can't collect anymore because they don't load into the game like the yeah. game the the campaign mode just completely skips over those sections of the campaign which is really strange i also need to mention this game goes offline in september so developer support is done in september so if they don't fix it by september you're probably shit out of luck on this trophy so if you care about the trophies maybe hold off on checking this one out until you see if they fix it or not uh if you don't care i personally thought it was really cool to go in and check out the creations that people made people make music and throw it in the game they make music videos they make artwork they make little short stories short movies uh they make actual games like it i think it's really cool to like go in and see what 
just random people all over the world are making and like check it out and be able to like experience those uh because there's a cool hub in the game where you can see like the most popular creations and the developers picks and the trending picks like i don't know i i think it's a cool experience i know it wasn't like anything amazing but i think it's worth checking out personally uh that's it are you sure are you sure the servers are going offline i i thought they were just not going to do any more updates for it yeah that that's a good correction and a good thing to bring up servers are not going offline developer support is stopping in september so the game's going to receive no more updates after september but if you go in there and you make like this banger of a game and you want to share it with your friends you'll still be able to publish it onto the servers your friends will still be able to play it you'll still be able to see new creations it's developer support is stopping in september I find uh, it really sorry. I find it really strange. They're, they're promoting the hell out of this game now for some reason. It's just really bizarre. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like this should have been on PlayStation Plus like immediately when it came out. Yeah, I agree. I, just, I think this. Yeah, it's odd. This should have been one that like just launched direct to service. Just get it into the most people's hands as possible. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's. Yeah, I do it's want to shout out. We know a little bit about the extra tier. Um, sea of Stars, which is a pretty highly anticipated like indie RPG, is going to launch directly onto Game Pass and the extra service on the 29th of August. Pretty rare we see a game go to both subscription services between Microsoft and PlayStation. And they're getting um, paid for sure because yeah. they're getting paid from both of those people to put that on there. So, yeah, holy shit. They got both bags. They did. They got both those bags. But fucking A, one of the things I was telling you, weirdly enough, that game is a prequel to The Messenger. Yeah. What? Super strange. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, it's probably just that it's like loosely connected in the same universe or whatever, but just thought I would shout yeah, I was that out. Say, it's, it's probably a very minor Easter egg yeah. to The Messenger in this game. And they're like, ah, oh, it's the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, the fantasy world becomes a ninja world. Ha ha ha. So crazy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it, this game looks beautiful it reminds me it's giving me like chrono trigger vibes mm -hmm. uh, personally mm -hmm. so i'm gonna check it out i know there's a demo out there so if you're interested in like a, a very well looking uh indie rpg you can go check out the demo for it it is called sea of stars and it'll launch on extra 29th of august there you go i'm really curious to see what the trophy list for that looks like because that will dictate if i play it on playstation or if i play it on xbox so one playthrough please yes oh my god one playthrough 40 hours or less then you're sold you know that's what i want okay well very good thank you for that roundup slugger daryl anything to add before we move on to what we've been playing uh no man i got nothing okay very good so yeah we're gonna talk about what we've been playing episode 90 here so i'm gonna do something a little bit different in that i'm going to go first because the order i'd like to go in is i can go and then daryl if you don't mind going and then max and slugger you guys have got some overlap on final fantasy 16 and i really want you guys to be able to discuss that so if you guys are cool with that i'll go ahead and get started so yep. first thing i want to just touch on real fast i'm still playing the division holy fuck dude i'm almost four days of playtime into this game now on my account which is just a lot for me, you know, closing in on that 100-hour mark. 
And what I'm doing is I'm still just grinding after two trophies in one of the DLCs. Two silver trophies. They are ultra rares at least, but they are to hit level 40 and to find all the collectibles. So just as an update, I hit level 37 yesterday. got to like 37 and a half. So I'm closing in on the end. And I have found a few more of the collectibles. So I'm at 19 of the 25 that I need. So it's coming along. I think based on the trophy rarities, the collectibles trophy is rarer than level 40. And I know JB, who's played a lot of this game, had told me that, yeah, you're just going to hope to get lucky and find them. Because remember a couple times ago, I talked about how the spawns for these are layout dependent. And the layout is different every single time you load into a match of underground. So you could just get unlucky and not find them for 10, 15 runs in a row. Or you could find like three in a row. And I've seen both sides. Like there was two, three days in a row I was playing where I didn't get any. And then I took a week break where I went to the East Coast. I came back, I hopped on, I got two right away. So I have no idea what's going on there, but I'm just going to continue after it. I'm trying to treat this as like playing like 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day and just do a little bit of slow grinding on it and hopefully get that done. When I get those two trophies, though, the game is going to get deleted off the hard drive. It's been long enough. So Division is happening. I'm also playing Resident Evil 6, which I've not earned a trophy in in a little while now, but I'm going through with Skrillis. We're doing co-op, and we just beat all four campaigns yesterday on normal. So next up, what we need to do is go just finish up any of the miscellaneous trophies that we missed, which I believe are two of them, one in Ada's campaign and one in Jake's. And when we play through it the second time, we're going to swap characters because there's a trophy to get 10 kills with every weapon in that game. And depending on which character you play, you have different access to weapons. So you have to do the alternate characters in each of the scenarios. So we're going to do that. We're going to start that tonight. I think our veteran playthrough, go through collectibles, miscellaneous trophies. Then we'll have enough upgraded skill points and infinite ammo to do a final playthrough of everything on professional. And then that platinum will be done. With Resident Evil 6, once I finish that, that will be Resident Evil 0 through 8, all Platinums achieved. So I'm going to be really stoked to have that done. Then I'll just have my sights on Code Veronica, and I will be happy. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think the game gets a lot more hate than it really deserves. Like, after a couple beers, like Slugger was saying, or a couple drinks, right, and you're hanging with a friend, it's not horrible. It's just not very Resident Evil. It's such a strange weird thing in the franchise that Capcom just had to get out of their system before they were able to go and rein it back and make Resident Evil 7, which is really widely adored by people. But weirdly enough, RE5 and RE6 are still the best-selling RE games. And yeah, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're discounted, they're re-released, they're on sales all the time. I know all of that, but you just can't deny that for whatever reason, this game continues to sell. And I think in retrospect, people are looking at it a little more kindly than they would have before. It's also a very different trophy hunt than the other Resident Evils, where there are none of those like beat the game without healing, beat the game without, you know, using a recovery item, beat the game without using an item box. You know why? Because none of that shit is in the game. It feels very unlike <laughs> any other Resident Evil game in that way. And so, yeah, I think all said and done, I didn't play it the most efficiently, right? But I think all said and done, it's going to be probably close to 60 hours for the Platinum on that. But I am looking forward to having that finished up. And then last but not least, I have, or not last but not least, but second to last, I've been playing Pikmin 4 on the Switch. I pre-ordered that. I got that last week. I just wanted to say I've been playing it and loving the game. My game 
my game plan pretty much every day is I get home from work and I play Pikmin for about an hour. There's like a day-night cycle in the game, and so I give myself one or two like full days in game and then turn it off. So I'm I'm almost at 10 hours of playtime like already though. I just think the game is really really good. And I just wanted to shout out if you have a Switch that I think that you are missing out by sleeping on this game. I know a lot of people probably finished Tears of the Kingdom and they're like, "All right, what do we got next? Super Mario Wonder in October, Super Mario RPG in November." No. You have Pikmin 4 in July. So go and check it out. Very very good. And then the the main thing I wanted to talk about that I've been playing is Final Fantasy 6 in the Pixel Remaster collection. So I picked this game my up guy. my guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's after talking with Max, right, about which of the games of Final Fantasy I owned cuz I own 6 I hadn't started it. I have seven original, seven remake, and 15. And I just basically, yeah, decided to go after this one. And I'm really happy that I did. I think this game is really, really good. The story is incredible so far. It basically follows, you're this character, a girl named Tara. I'm not going to spoil stuff because these games are recently re-released, but it is quite old. So like, you know, come on. Um, You play as a, a character named Tara, and you are basically in the control of an empire and the emperor's name is Gestal and I'm thinking I'm pronouncing that correctly Gestal or Gestal and he has like his commanders under him Kefka and Leo Kefka is of course the big baddie in the game and you play as Terra in there's two distinct parts of this game which is the interesting thing like the overworld changes about 50 to 60 percent of the way through the game and in the beginning it's called the world of balance and everything is green and lush and you know, everything is all good, right? And you're still exploring and fighting monsters and stuff, but that's the setup. And then eventually an event happens that ends the world, so to speak, and you play in the world of ruin. And you have to regather your troop and your your group of, of people together again and then go and fight the final boss. And what's interesting to me is I'm following a full, like, text walkthrough, which I know might take away from some of, like, the exploration and the joy that you find in these games, but... This Platinum has a lot of really missable things, right? There are hidden items scattered around the map. There are treasure chests. There are bestiary encounters. There are locations that are all very missable because of that thing where the world changes completely at a certain point in the game. And I didn't want to have to play through this game twice. I'm sorry, it doesn't seem like one that would be great on a second playthrough. And it's already supposed to be about 40 hours with just the one playthrough. So I'm following a full text guide and getting everything on the way as I go. So like I just got the trophy, the silver trophy to get 50% of all the treasure chests in the game. I'm closing in on 50% of bestiary and 50% of hidden items uh, and all that stuff too. But what's weird about it is like the, the walkthrough is broken up into eight chapters. Okay. Or nine chapters. And I'm almost done with chapter seven, but according to like stats and everything, that's only 50% of the game. So like the first seven of nine chapters, it just seems weird to me. It's very, it reminds me a lot of, and you can speak to this when you guys talk about FF 16, but with final fantasy 13, where it's like, you get to this point, you're like 80% of the way through the game. And then you go down to the surface world and it's like, Oh, you're actually only 50% through the game. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, why why like it just doesn't i I guess what i want to say in my experience is that the game is awesome it's wonderful the the pixel art is great it's beautifully animated all that stuff but like it's too deep like it's just a little bit too much like i don't need 
the system of putting magicite and espers on all my characters to give them different spells and stats and whatever to learn i'm like they already have individual skills and stats and spells like i don't need this extra layer of customization and i do find that it's a symptom of a lot of jrpgs i play where i feel like it's just slightly too deep like they could just peel it back you know and i think ff16 i've heard does that so i'll be curious what you have to say but um yeah so far you know, really loving it. I'm, like I said, about maybe 50% of the way through the game. My playtime right now is about 15 hours. And what I would also say is I played through the first 10 hours or so without using any of the quality of life boosts that are available to you in the game. But there is a trophy to get all of your characters to level 50, max level. And I found that I was using uh, Sabin or Sabine, Edgar, and Locke and Celis or Terra, like that combo of four people. Because the other thing is there's like 12 characters, 12 playable characters in this game, which is a lot. And I was using those same like four. And the, the ones in my like back party aren't getting any XP or anything like that when I'm not using them. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to get to the end game. And they're going to be like level 13. And how am I supposed to like level these guys up to 50 or whatever? So I eventually did turn on double XP so that I could like slowly start to get like more overpowered and level people back up. And there is a trophy for getting 500,000 gil in the game. And I've got through 100,000 just normally without boosts. So I don't think you need the boost, but you can turn on boosts for money. And you can also toggle on and off random encounters, which I've only really done if I had to backtrack for something and I just didn't want to deal with it. But But the game hasn't been like so difficult that I felt like I needed to like turn them off to get through dungeons or anything like that um and i've only died probably like two or three times it, it is surprising like there's out of nowhere you're you're fighting these random encounters and you're kicking ass you're killing these things in like two hits three hits you'll just stumble upon like a random encounter and the enemy will one shot your character and you're like huh like what like all the other attacks are dealing like 30 damage like why is this thing out of nowhere just like oh there goes like three phoenix downs that i wasn't planning on using um, so I do think that that's kind of weird in that sense, but I guess I'm just kind of rambling at this point. That's, that's my general thoughts about FF six. I think it's really, really good. I'm happy that I picked it up. And when, I, when I beat it, I am really tempted to like try again on FF seven, like the original one and, and get going on that and see, see what I think of that game and revisit it. But yeah, Max, you've played FF six. Do you have anything you want to add about that or what you thought about the game? I must say, like shamefully, FF six is a uh, it's it's just almost non-existent on my Final Fantasy resume. Very shameful, I know, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think uh, picking this game uh, number six for you, I think that was your best option out of out of the options that you did have. Uh, Colin Moriarty uh, praises this game very highly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's no shame in following a guide for this. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to follow a guide for it. I'm going to follow a guide for two, three, four, five, and six because right. all of those, all of those games have missables, and the only one that doesn't have missables is the first one. So, yeah, no shame in it. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, very intrigued where your Final Fantasy journey will take you after this one. Uh, seven, yeah, could be a good shout. Uh, I think 
if you enjoy this one as much as you have, then I think you should go to four next. Yeah, that's that's the other option I was considering. I mean, of course, I don't own it, so I'd have to buy it a la carte. But I was considering either four or one as like the other ones to go after. And one specifically for what you mentioned, that it's shorter, like it's less than 15 hours. It's like 15 hours, I guess. And it's got no missables, which I find really intriguing. Yeah. And four, is... I know, is like the other really well-regarded older title. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I have, I did buy one the day that it came out. Uh, been playing it here and there, but uh, it's 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 not clicking with me really as much as I would like it to. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I have to admit, like, I'm always intrigued. I know you've played a lot of these Final Fantasy games, right? Like almost mm. almost all of them, and you've platinumed like some of the really really difficult ones in the franchise. I'm I'm always drawn to ten. But it just the length of the platinum hunt really turns me off. Like, I'm, ten I'm, really does have some annoying side content trophies. Yeah. Like it, it looks cool. It looks to me like the closest thing that I'm gonna get to thirteen, which is like this beautiful, right? It's an HD remaster, so it's got really like cool textures. It looks really nice. Um, I like the combat system from what I've seen in speedruns. I've watched of it and stuff. But it's a yeah. hundred and ten hours. Like, yeah, it's just like, oh <laughs> man, like, yeah. So I don't know. This, I, th I think you'd you would have to. It's one of those games you'd have to play play for the story first. The story is fantastic. It's really different compared to a lot of the other Final Fantasy games. Yeah, and and, and maybe it's something where it's like, hey, if I find that the hooks are in from beating ff6 and i want to play more final fantasy maybe it is a something i'd take to the xbox side and just not worry about the trophies at first i don't know yeah that, that's definitely one way you, sh you should do it I, th I think yeah 10 play 10 on the xbox i'm pretty sure it's on xbox yeah i think so, it is. yeah I, th I think 10 it would would also be a good shout and obviously you mentioned you got love for final fantasy 13 as well i oh, love those games fantastic well. uh, yeah I never played Lightning Returns, so that's a blind spot for me in that trilogy. But the light, uh, thirteen and thirteen two, I think, are really, really good. Especially thirteen two is like surprisingly 13 good. Thirteen two is fantastic. I yeah. I did play Lightning Returns uh, a couple years ago. I actually played them all back to back. Platinum Hunt. It took me three months, <laughs> just oh my nonstop. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I had like the best time with it, and that's that. That might sound a little bit funny to some people because those games aren't very well regarded. But I, I think I definitely see Square Enix uh, throwing out an HD trilogy for that at some point in the future. It's easy money for them. Yeah, I certainly hope they do because even though a lot of people like to shit on those games, I, I think that there's a contingent of people who really enjoyed them as well. And last thing I'll yeah. say about Final Fantasy, and I'll pass it to you, Daryl, for what you've been playing, is just the... Uh, we had a question in the lightning round about this like a while back, but... It's been interesting to see for the Pixel Remaster trilogy which of the Platinums has ended up being the rarest Platinum. And, of course, like, not all of... They're all, like, above 25 or 30%. So they're, none of them are, like, actually rare. But Final Fantasy VI is the lowest percentage of those because it has the most missable stuff. So while I think it's easy one to recommend for the story, like, a lot of people say you should play this game... I'm just going to re reiterate, it's a pain, so definitely follow a guide when you're playing it. Yeah, uh, Daryl or Slugger, anything you want to add about any of the stuff I talked about? Otherwise, I'll pass it to you for what you have been playing, Daryl. Nope, I got nothing to add, personally. Cool. Same here. All right, Daryl, we'll take us away. What do you got? 
Okay. Um, so July has been quite a busy month for me. Uh, I did end up getting Stray. I got that. Um, fun game. I really had a good time with it. Uh, Stray was fun. I would really recommend people to check that game out. Are you going to get no a cat now? On. <laughs> I, don't, I would like to get a, a cat. I would like to get any house animal, but mm. my wife's very particular with having pets in the house. The uh, house is still fairly new, so she's a bit worried that animals are just going to tear up the place. So she's justified in that thinking. I would like to have a, a animal, at least in the house. Yeah. You know? uh, let's see. So I did stray. Um, well, before I even get into those. So right now, for the month of July... I have played seven different games. Wow. Lots of games. <laughs> wow. And, I, I've um, played three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the exception of two, I bought one and then another one was free. The other five are all from the service. So you can see why I was kind of hyping up the extra tier in, in um, Max's question. So these five games I, I played all from the service. Uh, so, continuing on with what I've been playing, so the light and the darkness, you know, I played this one. This is one that a lot of people were talking about. Uh, got that one. Uh, really, that's another game I would highly suggest checking out. Yep. Let's see. And I also played. So, I right after the light and the darkness, I had started Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. This was a game I had slept on since it came out day one. Uh, so finally picked this game up since it was on the extra tier. Absolutely love this game. This is a fun game. Enjoyed it from beginning to end. I really love playing as Ratchet and Clank again, but it was also cool to play as the other characters, Rivet and... can't think of the robot's name. The other one? Oh, uh... <clears throat> wait. Are you the other... The other Lombax or the other robot? Fuck, what was the other robot's name? Oh, the, actually... other, the other robot. I don't actually remember. Thanks, counterpart. Yeah, yeah, I don't actually remember. Okay, well, I love those two characters. It was fun. The story was great, man. I just loved it. The story was awesome. It was kind of a, one of those moments where I just couldn't really think of what to do after I finished it. It was that great of a game. Yeah. And I absolutely enjoyed it. I actually missed work a couple of days because I was sick. I was just like, I'm going to play Ratchet and Clank. I don't care if I'm sick. Yep. I'm just going to play this game. It's so fun. And then, let's see. I played Guilt. So this was a game that I had talked about on the last episode of, you know, our trophy review list. Mm -hmm. So play Guilt. Fun game. Uh, This is one that reminds me a lot of, like, Little Nightmares. Because... You're in this world where there's these creatures are coming after you. These creatures are all uh, figments of your imagination. Uh, so really cool game. I liked it. And the game didn't take all that long. It, it was a short, maybe like three to four hour game. I did a save scum. There's three different endings that you have to play through and unlock I like the game a lot, but I really didn't really see myself playing it two more times. So I just made a, a cloud save and just 
got those two endings right away. I did have to do some cleanup towards the end. Uh, maybe like another 40-minute playthrough just to get one trophy that I missed, which was trying to uh, get out of the arcade without being detected by exposure. I failed the first time. It's really not that hard. I don't know why I just didn't keep repeating that section <laughs> of the game. Yeah. Uh, but I went back and got that one. And the other ones weren't too difficult. They were very easy. I was able to do all that within 40 minutes of cleanup. And yeah, man, I played those. And then I started a few new games I'm currently working on. So I started Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I've been playing that for a couple of weeks now. I have 29 of 31 trophies, so I need one more trophy. And this one, I'm just going to slowly chip away at. It's the one where you have to bring all characters to max power level in story mode. So max power level is level 10. I have a couple characters that are already at level 10. Uh, there's two that I'm currently working on interchangeably. I think... Um, I started one just like on my own, and then the other night I played with Slugger and Portland Kevin. Oh, nice! You I guys played together. A new Hell character. yeah! Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Uh, it was it was funny because we were talking about it. They're they have not seen the full chaos that that game offers you on screen. Because right when we played, we played only three people. It was it was crazy. It was really hard to keep track of your character. You really could not see what was going on unless you like <laughs> jumped off screen to a corner and just like get a sense of your bearings. But three people is crazy. Can you imagine six six people? Yeah, I've seen it online. It's just insane. Like everyone's popping. You know their their ultimate ability. There's just so many enemies on the screen. Things are flying all over the place. There's times where I'm just like mashing my button. I'm, I'm it's like, I, I'm hitting something. I know I'm hitting something. You know, it was just really hard. Yeah, to, just button uh, mashing like, the shit out of it. See things. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the game. That's what, what essentially the game is. But uh, it's fun, man. I really had a good time playing a game. Uh, this, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Slugger and I are going to be talking about this game coming up pretty soon on Portland Kevin's podcast. So just trying to get a head start on playing this game and, you know, get a feel for it. Some uh, some notes down to talk about on the on that show. So it's a fun game. I really enjoy going back to it. And I played, I started a couple of new games. I, I really did not know which game I was really going to play next. It was really a toss-up between SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Let's go. And Is it even a toss-up? <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. And Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I really wanted to play Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, but it it just wasn't really clicking for me at the time. So I decided to go with SpongeBob, man. So I started to go with my boy. Yes! Uh, so a fun game. Uh, for some reason, I just... Like I suck at that game sometimes. <laughs> it, it's kind of a weird. It's kind of hard for me to explain. But I just felt like the game was a little challenging for me at times. But I, I guess it's just different compared to some of the other games I played during this month. It's a yeah. fun game. It's really cool to revisit Bikini Bottom, see classic characters like SpongeBob, Patrick, 
Uh, what's this girl's? I oh, can't Sandy. The squirrel's name. Sandy. There you go. Yep. Sandy. So it was really cool to see them. You know, all the other supporting cast. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that's the game I'm currently working on in the meantime. Between that and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, probably pick up Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy after. It's been quite a a while since I played a long game. Um, and just like you, Colin, I've been working on the division. I'm still working on Last Stand. So since the last episode, uh, or since the last time we were talking about what we've been playing, I am currently at 44 wins out of 50. Wow. The Last Stand DLC. So slowly chipping away at it. Uh, I really wanted to get it done before recording, but I've just been having so much fun playing like all these games on the extra tier. But slowly getting there man it, it took me two weeks just to get six wins and that's just factor in like the times i lost the times i couldn't even find a match times where i just like quit it out of a match because we were losing so <laughs> two weeks for six wins man that, that's it's insane yeah that i mean but I wasn't making any progress on underground for a long time either it's like very like i wasn't playing it and then i was like i need to like just chip away at it. Just do a little bit every day or whatever. Yeah. But 44, you're so close, dude. You're so close. I know. I'm getting there. Are you going to be really done after that? Or out. what are you going to, are you going to delete it after that? Or are you going to try to do some of the other stuff? Nah, man, we're going for the hundred percent. We're, we're sticking in for the long ride. Oh my God. That's crazy. I'm probably going to do the uh, survival after. Yeah. Just try to get that one out. I feel like once I get, I saying the survival out, I think um, Underground will probably be, be a piece of cake. I won't really have to stress out about it. No, it's it's not stressful at all. It's just time consuming. But it's perfect yeah. to me to for me to put on a podcast and just play. Yep. Yeah, man. I've just been jamming out on multiple games. Been having a good month in July. Uh, July, you know, my percentage went up to almost 64, but since I started a couple new games, it dropped back down to 63. Um, played seven different games. I also picked the four new plats as well. So right now I'm at 72 Platinums, nice. which is like already like on par with like what I wanted to accomplish for this year. Like, I think I wanted to get 75. You know, I, I could probably get 80. That was like my, my wishful thinking was to get 80 plats for 2023. Yeah, man. You could definitely do that. I'm at 95 right now. I'm just trying to get to 100 this year. And then my completion percentage is 61.14. Dropped a little bit after Final Fantasy VI got started, but it'll go back up. And then my goal, my like original goal was 62% for that because that's a 5% increase. But my stretch goal was to get to 67%, which is probably not going to happen. So maybe I'll get to like 65 or something. That'd be cool. But I the, the only completion, so I did Light in the Darkness in July, and I did... Ghost Runner Platinum and the DLC for Ghost Runner, but those have been my only two things for July, other than working on Final Fantasy and Division. So it's a lot of slow grind stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very cool, man. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Good collection of games there. Very nice. Okay, well, let's pass it over to let's go to Max. Let's go to you. And you've got a couple games listed here, and I know you want to talk about Final Fantasy 16. So you and Slugger need to to get into some stuff there. So what do you got? Oh, you're all good. (laughs) 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 It's all good. I was like, shit, did we lose him? Did the UK sink into the ocean? (laughs) (laughs) 
made it two and a half hours in without missing the mute button and uh, uh what i think what i'll do is i'll talk about my first two games here and then uh, i'll pass it to slugger he can talk about whatever games he's playing and then we'll tag team uh final fantasy 16. sounds good so uh where are my notes uh mini ninjas for the ps3 is something i've been playing so the ps3 backlog is running quite deep now on my last count i had somewhere between 40 to 50 games that i even need to finish or start oh my gosh uh, yeah I don't, I don't think it's gonna get done but you know with the threat of that ps3 and beta network capabilities being shut down at some point you know i should probably start tipping away at that but of course, going going back to some of these old games could be a little bit rough. So I figured I'd start with something easy. There really isn't too much to say about this particular title. I remember playing the demo all those years ago and loved it. I just never bought it for some reason. Uh, fun little 3D adventure platform, split into levels. I, like a lot of other people, have a soft spot for these types of games. So mm-hmm. this gen's really lacking it. <laughs> really lacking the 3D platformer. Yeah. So it's a joy it's a joy to jump back into. Just reminds me of a simpler time. So uh shout out to IO Interactive. They are the ones that made this one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Is yeah. the is the platinum hunt hard or is it just like beat the game basically? Ah uh, no, it is it's just a kid's game, so it's complete uh complete every level. Uh there is collectibles in the game and the levels are quite large to be fair um i have been using a guide to get the collectibles i'm not overly fussed about um doing it on my own so yeah it's just something to knock out i think once this one is done i should probably get back to the few online games that i have left for the ps3 like particularly uh metal gear solid peace walker or grand theft auto 4 are the ones that are sticking out to me mm. Otherwise, I've also been playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Oh, uh, yeah, I see you it... on that from time to time. Mm, yeah, when it, when it comes to games that I continue to play after earning the Platinum, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist and its upgraded version, Legacy of the Duelist, uh, Link Evolution, they're games that I've collectively put over 400 hours into. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I've always been quite big into Yu-Gi-Oh! since I was a kid. Uh, Master Jewels, the latest version of the the digital trading card game, and it's take this one's taken a bit of a live service approach. Uh, I did give Konami the smoke when this game came out, no platinum when the last game did. So uh. I don't know what's going on there, but it it felt like a game that you could pay to win. But having recently spent some more time with it, uh, I've realised how many options the game gives you in order to make the deck you had in mind your main option to collect cards is to spend gems on booster packs you can earn gems by completing missions and dailies beat another duel list and ranks which i assume is the best and fastest way if you're good enough mm. i can't really say because uh, to be honest i'm very intimidated by the modern day duel lists and deck matters for Yu-Gi-Oh. it's a wildly different game now to what it was back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, of course, you can spend real money to buy gems, but it 
is really expensive although if you're a playstation plus subscriber you do get semi-regular discounts you can purchase three times i'm not sure how often it is i don't know if it's once a month or once every quarter but it's the best value if you're willing to go down that route uh the other way you can do it is also dismantling uh extra cards that you don't need so there's like a limit of three cards three of any card in any deck that you make so if you've got like five cards you can dismantle you know one or two of them and you can get this this is where it gets quite deep you can get elemental currencies and then use them to generate cards that you want in your deck is it like Uh, random or can you make specific cards no so like if uh, let's say for example like i'm running a uh a, a, a toon monsters deck a cartoon monster uh i can add the cards that i have and i can also search for the cards that i don't own put them in the deck and then once i finalize my deck i can generate the missing cards using the currencies that i have and i can get those currencies by dismantling uh cards and they also have like rarities like you would have playing the physical game so you got like rare cards super rares ultra rares uh, okay and if you dismantle ultra rares you get more of the the currency you're after so uh yeah you could there's also a solo mode you can play to earn gems and more elemental currencies so there's lots of options uh just quickly in terms of the trophy list it's only got 11 trophies one gold five silvers five bronze the whole list is just a bit of a grind perform 50 special summons and tribute summons uh deal a hundred thousand damage collectively activate a hundred spells and traps i I don't know how well versed in Yu-Gi-Oh you guys are i know you play a bit of magic the gathering but i've been told by my mates that do play magic that Yu-Gi-Oh is quite a (laughs) complex game to get into yeah i have no fucking clue yeah i my knowledge of the actual game comes from the show which i yeah. probably only watched like maybe 15 to 20 hours of in my life so yeah i, th- I think that's like season two of the uh original dual monsters arc that's like that's a good starting point to actually learn in the game is just by watching the show and mm. how they play the game mm-hmm. that's definitely the way i learned how to do it uh um what else there just be warned if you're interested in trying this game uh it is a gotcha game on the trophy front uh on setup as soon as you register your player name you'll pop a trophy oh my god yeah well one of one of the 10 right away yeah so yeah uh i will say if you're interested uh in trying out Yu Yo, uh your best option is to buy legacy of the duelist link evolution which is the game that came out in 2020 that's got a platinum and it's a lot more of a wallet friendly way to play got it that is duly noted and that's all i got to say about that so (laughs) pick the ball over to uh slugger all right let's see daryl was talking about how many games he's played in July? It got me looking at how many games I've played since we last talked about our what we or since our last what we've been playing episode. I have gotten progress on or earned trophies in fifteen games 
since we last talked about what we were playing. Not too proud of that, but holy shit! Here I, I am with plat- three. I got a platinum in a third of them. Oh, okay, I got five platinums since we last talked. It honestly should be six. I'll get into that. So what I'm gonna do? That's too many to cover. I'm gonna hit the ones I've got the platinum in and just get a uh, a little bit of what they're about and what I thought of the game, and then we'll kind of end with Final Fantasy 16. So Industria was the first one. I don't believe I talked about that last time. I got the Platinum on the 5th of July. Industria is a indie first-person shooter. I believe it's developed by one guy. Um, actually, I don't know too much on that, but I feel like I remember reading about it. It really it gave me like Half-Life vibes, like a, a really janky Half-Life 2. So the premise is you are a lady scientist and you're you're like you have a partner and you and your partner and your like company are working on like this this time travel tech and the government finds out about it at the beginning of the game and the government like your partner calls you and he's like hey they're like they're coming to shut the program down they're coming to take our tech uh like i'm gonna handle this and she like freaks out and like runs to the lab to figure out like i guess like what he's doing because the your partner's like panicking and freaking out and she shows up and her partner's gone and she realizes oh crap he went in the time machine we made Mm. um so she follows him into the time machine and you get warped to a future where there's like no humans it, you're in like an apoc- an apocalyptic version of this city i think it's in like eastern europe somewhere i don't know if they ever actually named the city uh, um but this eastern european city and no humans robots everywhere and she's trying to figure out where the hell her partner went and it starts off uh i think it starts off really strong and then kind of once you start getting weapons and you start getting ways to attack all the jankiness of the game starts to show but it did like i said did give me major half-life vibes i think overall the experience was enjoyable but i probably wouldn't spend more than like 10 bucks on it it is a short game i got the platinum in about maybe four hours uh, so it could be done in a night, depending on how much you you can play. But um, there is a trophy for beating the game on the hardest difficulty. This is one of those rare games where you can reload uh, the final chapter, which has no combat in it, by the way. But you yeah. can reload the final chapter, set it to the hardest difficulty, beat the game, and it'll give you that trophy. So I played through the whole game on normal difficulty, uh, had a pretty good time and then reloaded finished the like final prologue i guess on the hardest difficulty and popped the platinum so pretty good little first indie first person shooter which those seem kind of rare normally indies are i don't know every other genre but first person shooters unless they're trying to do like the doom replica that we saw with like proteus so it was cool it was different i played the ps5 version it did not play in 60 FPS. I believe this was a 30 FPS game, which is unfortunate because I think it would have been a lot better with the higher frame rates. Uh, uh, the next Platinum I got 
you guys might have to remind me, did I talk about Killer Frequency at all on the last show? You did, yeah. <clears throat> you, okay. you had started it, but you hadn't, uh, yeah, you hadn't gotten the plat. Yeah, I won't. I got the plat on that. I forget how much I said, so I'll keep it short, but it's a really cool premise that I think they executed kind of poorly. You play as a radio DJ, um, and there is like a a local serial killer like famous urban legend serial killer that is like hitting the town and think like friday the 13th type of like serial killer like jason and where they're like an urban legend and everyone knows the story but no one knows if it's real but you're this radio dj and you're stuck in your radio dj booth or like this the radio station and um the police call you and they say, hey, this guy pretty much killed all the police station. There's one police officer left. She says, I'm going to go to the town over because he cut the telephone lines. And I'm going to go get help. I'm going to go get backup so we can save the town. You're in charge of taking 911 calls. I've forwarded 911 calls to your radio station. <laughs> and so throughout the whole game, you're stuck in this radio station taking 911 calls. And people are like calling you. And... A good example of like how the gameplay works is like a teenager calls you and he's like, I'm stuck in this maze and I was waiting for my girlfriend to show up and the killer's here. Like, how do I get out? And then you have to like run around the train or run around the radio station to like find a map of this corn maze that he's stuck in. You find you find the map on like a flyer in a trash can and then you have to like go back to the phone and pretty much like walk him through the dialogue choices on how to like escape using the map. So it's kind of like a like a puzzle game more so than anything else. Why I say I think it was executed poorly is there's so much dialogue. It's very dialogue focused. Like I wish they leaned more into exploring the radio station. I wish there was way more calls and puzzles you had to deal with cuz you would do a puzzle or a call in, you'd help someone out when they called in, it would take about five minutes. And then you had to sit there and slog through like 15 to 20 minutes of like dialogue before the next puzzle. And it, it, it was fine in the first playthrough, but you have to play through the game about two times. If you follow a guide three times, if you're not following a guide, I didn't follow a guide on the first one. So it was three playthroughs for me. So by the time I got to that third playthrough, I'm like, Oh my God, just, can I skip this dialogue? Like I just, just let me go. I've seen this story so many times and it wouldn't let me skip the dialogue. I just sit there and listen to them talk and talk and talk about the same shit I've heard over and over. So <laughs> it's a slog to get through on the trophy hunt front. I, yeah, I wish they executed it better. The next platinum I got was stranded deep. I won't talk too much about that. I took advantage of the glitch that's happening. We hit that in the last episode. So take a listen to that. If you're curious about that, um, dead Island two, should have been a platinum. I am so annoyed because I really, really, really like this game a lot. It's beautiful. It's gory. It's fun. Doing the co-op stuff with randoms online. I was having a blast, like running around and jump kicking zombies into the dudes I was playing with. <laughs> like just a really good time killing zombies. It was zany, funny, um, really cool ways to like 
take advantage of the environmentals around you when it came to zombie killing. I, ugh, I'm I'm mad because there's a trophy that's prone to glitch in this for hitting the max level. And I got all the way to the max level. By that point, I'm at the end of the game. I maybe have like two or three side quests left to get. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, cool. I just, the only thing I have left is it hit the max level, level 30 and finish these last like three side quests and the platinum is mine. And this is like one of my favorite games this year. I'm having a blast. I hit level 30, nothing happens. That and my is heart just, so frustrating. Yeah, my heart just drops. And I'm just, it's really, it's bad enough when it happens in a bad game, but I almost think it's worse when it's a good game you're really, really enjoying. Because part of me is like, I really love this game, but I don't know that I loved it enough to give it a full second playthrough and do all the exact same stuff I just did just for one trophy and a platinum. Um, and we've talked about it a lot, but this was also one of those games where uh, the level was tied to your trophy tracking or it was tied to the trophy tracking. We actually might've hit this the last episode. I don't know. I might've vented a little bit about this, but the tracking messed up. So it shows that I leveled up 29 times instead of 30 times, or I guess 28 times instead of 29 times. And there's no way to fix that other than to completely wipe your save out. And you have to start on a fresh save file. You can't just go start a new character. Like you have to start from a fresh save, like you've never played the game before. And I don't want to do that because I spent so much time getting all these really cool exotic weapons and like building the perfect loadout for my character. I don't want to go and like wipe all that progress. I understand I could like back the save up, uh, start a fresh save, get the trophy, get the platinum, and then like, I don't know, re-download my save that has my character, but that just seems like a huge waste. So what I'm hoping, my current plan for that game is to wait for the DLC to come out. There's supposed to be DLC dropping this fall. I'm hoping they introduce like maybe five more levels and some new abilities. And I'm hoping that when I level up from level 30 to 31, if that's the case, that will add to the tracker and kind of let me pop that trophy. Yeah, uh, so that's, we'll... a good, that's a good game plan. Yeah, we'll see if they don't do that. I'm hoping, like, I'm going to want to go check the DLC out anyway. So I'm like, all right, maybe I just start a fresh save file at that point and I can do a new character and then roll into the DLC and figure it out from there. Um, Let's see. Next Platinum I got was Endling. I believe you guys have talked about this on the show at some point, but... You well, it it was going around in the Discord a lot as like one of those. I don't want to say it's not on the same level as Stranded Deep, but it's close. Where it's like it's an hour plat if you follow yeah. the Optinube guide. So a lot of people were posting it when it came out because it was free. We talked about it because it was free on Essential last month. Yeah. So I think it was a pretty good game. I I don't have much of an opinion on it because i was one of the guys who followed a guide i i really just wanted to experience the story and not go through the nuance of like the gameplay i think the story was kind of good i like the messages it was trying to get across so you play as a like a fox mama or a mama fox sorry not a foxy mama, a mama fox. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine what a different game <laughs> and you Old have a, a, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you have four little fox cubs that uh, 
it looks like they're just born or relatively new when you start the game and you kind of have to carry these foxes and raise them and teach them how to live in this like post-apocalyptic earth so in the world it i was thinking climate change personally like there's like it seems like there's people like killing each other there's overconsumption of goods there is uh like destroyed environments there's people like who are on mass migrations because the the area they're in is destroyed and you kind of encounter all these different like themes as you go through so i was thinking climate change the whole time and you're this like uh mama fox who is trying to raise her baby is like in this very harsh environment so you're like leading them around you're avoiding poachers you're avoiding traps you're having to scavenge for food and teach them all the skills they need to survive and it's one of those indie games where it's like i'm playing this game for the feels i just want to feel sad if you just want to feel sad play this game okay because that's what it's going to make you feel you played this right colin no i haven't yet but i did add it to my oh, library shit. and oh, you did no i mean i know i was going to do it for the a to z challenge because it's an easy e entry and uh i need to do it it's just like because i was on vacation for a week i didn't want to like have some of the stuff i was playing when i got back be like a new game even though like i could just finish it like tonight easily i just i don't know i just haven't felt like yeah. it yet i'll probably <clears throat> do it after i finish ff6 and before i start like the next new big game which is going to be returnal for me so okay yeah it's a it's a pretty easy list uh there is a lot of missables but there's like a power picks guide uh it goes the game follows 30 days 30 days and 30 well i guess 30 nights so if you go on the power picks guide you can just like see what day you're on or what night you're on in the game like night two for instance and then you can go on the power picks guide and just control f night two and you'll see all the missables for that night uh if you don't want to like copy verbatim a video walkthrough but i thought it was an enjoyable experience really good messaging about like kind of the dangers of climate change and overconsumption and not taking care of our planet just really good stuff there mm -hmm. and uh it definitely gave me some feels hey that's great uh Let's see. Before we get into Final Fantasy 16, I've also been knocking out some Vita stuff um, at work. So people were joking in the Discord, like, oh, this is what my tax dollars are going to. Like, yeah, <laughs> yep. You guys are paying for my trophy. <laughs> so five years and nine months ago, I started this game called, I don't even know how to say all, say all this, Mega Tag Mention Blanc plus neptune versus zombies that is a shit show yeah what um, this game is a side game of the hyper dimension neptunia series which is a like very japanese anime focused i don't know rpg series and they have all these crazy spinoff games and this is one of those uh you play as a bunch of anime girls who are shooting their own little like movies of them versus zombies. But while they're doing this movie series of them fighting fake zombies, real zombies attack. And the game is, it sounds so stupid. You're playing as these anime girls that can like go super Saiyan and turn into robots. And 
uh, fighting zombies and robots and dogs and all sorts of weird JRPG-esque creatures. It's like an arena hack and slash. Um, I guess similar to like monster, like the monster hunter genre, but not as good. Uh, so you kill enemies, they drop you equipment and treasures and supplies, which you can use to make better and better supplies. So you can fight harder and harder monsters. But I started, I bought this forever ago. I don't even know why I bought it. It was probably in my era of just buying shit when it was less than five bucks. Mm -hmm. And started it way back then. I never liked it, but now I'm trying to like clean stuff up on my Vita, clean stuff up across all my systems. And this was one of the more common plats. So I finally knocked that out at work uh, the other day. Actually, it was two days ago. So do I recommend it? Absolutely not. But I'm proud of it because that's one <laughs> game it's a I have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, like Daryl said, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, me and Portland, Kevin and Daryl all played that. I agree with Daryl. It is so much fun, but it's so easy to get lost in the mayhem of that game. I can't imagine what it's like when six people are jamming on that because there are so many times where like Daryl and Kevin are sitting in, like on the right side of the screen fighting enemies and i'm thinking i'm on the right side of the screen with them and i'm like yeah punch 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 uh yeah we're kicking ass and i like look to the left side of the screen and i'm on the left side of the screen like punching the air and i'm like what am i doing like how do i keep losing myself <laughs> yeah but man that game's so good it reminds me of the the old like arcade ninja turtle games where you're crowding around a single screen with four buddies on the sticks at like chuck e cheese yes and just going nuts um so that's a good nostalgia trip um that's it before we get into final fantasy 16 do you guys have anything to like throw out there yeah um just uh just to go back to endling a little bit uh you was talking about it and it reminded me of uh a conversation that happened in just a group chat that i've got with some of my pub friends <laughs> and uh shout out to luke andrews he goes uh PS Plus free game can go fuck itself. I wanted a chill experience to kill Sunday and got my heart thrown through an emotional <laughs> ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To which I replied, also, big word of advice, if you want to play video games and not get emotional, avoid games involving foxes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a good way to put it. It's it's a sad game. Not even just the ending. I wouldn't even consider it a spoiler. spoiler. Like, as you the entire like just feel of the game is like very sad and like you just feel hopeless going through the whole thing. Like there's very little hope in it. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like I really do not, I cannot handle like cruelty to animal stuff. Like it really bothers me. It makes me like infuriates me and shit. So I'm like a little bit worried about that game. Cause I know it's not going to make me feel good either. So I'm like, is it even worth playing it for the platinum just for that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I think, I think so. I think the message is, pretty good i mean it's not like on the nose it's not sitting there preaching you like we need to care for our planet environment and animals and all this stuff but like it's very heavily implied like mm -hmm. hey this is the human's fault like yeah totally like look what you did to these poor foxes yeah i mean it's an hour platinum walkthrough with and i love optinube's guides like it's hard to pass up that is what i would do even though you're saying to do the power picks you can just like control f2 stuff i would probably just put the video guide on and just follow it verbatim I did it. I did opt a noob guide. Yeah, I thought it was good. It it maybe took away 
a little bit from the experience, but I was just trying to like just chill, enjoy the story. Yeah. I might end up doing it because this month has been woeful for me in terms of like platinums earned. So maybe I need to just like knock it out tomorrow or yeah. something and get it done. But, uh, but okay, so let's get into FF16 because we've been going almost three hours already. I want to hear what you guys think about this. And I would start with this because you guys have both played this. I'm really curious about how you think the trophy list compares to other Final Fantasy games, first of all, but also like in terms of the RPG mechanics of it. What I have heard is that it is almost not an RPG at all. And I'm curious if you agree with that statement. That was from like Colin Moriarty and Gene Park, right? Uh, when they're talking about it just on other shows they've been on, not the spoiler cast because I haven't listened to that. But do you agree that it is basically not an RPG? And what do you think about the game in terms of like difficulty of trophies compared to other Final Fantasy games? Yeah, that's slugger. I'll let you go. I would heavily agree it's not an RPG. They So they throw RPG stats at you and like a, a small skill tree and you can upgrade equipment, level up equipment, but I haven't noticed any massive gains whatsoever when I'm equipping new things or when I'm putting points and new abilities. Like, I'm not noticing like, oh, this feels like a power-up. So I feel like I don't know. It's more of like maybe a Western RPG where it's like, yeah, there's numbers and there's stats and stuff, but they don't seem to be the primary focus or have a massive effect like they would in like a a traditional RPG. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's such a far cry difference from like an FF6 that I've been playing where it's like, if I am in a new town and I don't upgrade my armor and my weapons in said town, I am not in a good spot going into the next like dungeon or overworld area like i'm i'm constantly tinkering with equipment uh and i remember that being the case with what was the other jrpg i played oh star ocean divine force which i played earlier in the year too so yeah curious uh max do you agree though like what do you what do you think about that um it's it's difficult like I've, i've i've heard colin talk about it i agree with what he says um i think he's he's a lot more hot on it than um mr maddie is he yeah uh, i I heard maddie did not not like it very much not not very favorable of this game and you know i I see both sides of the argument um it's you you mentioned the uh like upgrading uh weapons and stuff and not really seeing much reason to do it i have seen some very minute like improvements uh, especially later on in the game when you start upgrading a little bit more um i have noticed that maybe my swords are starting to do a little bit more damage than usual um but i think that's also the problem with uh the enemies do scale with you quite evenly so uh if you played the demo you'd know that a lot of them are quite spongy at the start of the game yeah. But towards the end of the game, there's sort of like a, they're they're averaging like sort of level thirty three, and this is monsters out in the world, and they don't really go muchly above that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I should I should say too, you hit the trophy list, or I guess before that, I do want to make it clear. I'm pretty sure Max beat the game or is right at the end of the game. I'm only oh. about twenty hours in. So I think yeah. I'm about a third of the way through the game, if I had to guess, based off the trophies. 
yeah i've just yeah. i've just looked at your profile and yeah uh you, you've you've reached quite a quite an important part of the story yeah so okay. I, I, I want to get your feel for what you've just witnessed uh uh the trophy i'm referencing here is uh acceptance, acceptance. yeah without spoilers of course but... i was gonna say do we call this a spoiler cast no, no so i i think i think the game is too new so i when i was told max beforehand about that i wanted, wanted you guys to talk about it i think try to avoid spoiler stuff really as much as possible and yeah. that's okay. why i was asking more about just like mechanically and like the trophy wise like how you feel the game is right um so <clears throat> trophy wise i think this is a much easier trophy list and way less grindy trophy list than most other final fantasies you're gonna play okay well, that's intriguing. <laughs> Outside of you have to do two playthroughs, but like I'm thinking of like Final Fantasy X, like you were talking about earlier, when it's like, oh, you got to max out the skill tree or Final Fantasy IX, where you got to kill 10,000 enemies. Like there's nothing extremely grindy Whoa. like that in this game. This game is just kind of like, hey, do it all and do it in your game plus and you got your yeah. plat. Well, then you quite like this because uh, um, it's almost half the trophy list is uh like to performing like special uh abilities in certain situations in uh any encounter so uh, i know yeah. you was praising that for quite a while yeah I, I like when games have like a combat specific trophy like stint to them that makes you experiment with stuff i mean when we looked at the list like it seemed to be very you could tell there's something different this go around. You can tell the combat is the focus, right? And again, I think the director had worked on Devil May Cry's combat previously. Like, so, so I'm curious. Yeah. Do you feel that when you're playing the game? Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've got um, I've, I will be touching on that. I've I've got uh four pages. Oh yeah, worth of um, worth of notes here. If if uh, the listeners hadn't guessed by now, I have been reading off a script for the majority of the show. <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah you can't really tell but um well yeah we'll go ahead and get into it then like what 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 do you like, go ahead and say what you what you want to say about the game i'm really curious because as we talked about you've first of all what platinums for final fantasy do you have oh my god right okay uh i was not expecting that one so you're gonna have to give me a minute here um uh slugger is there anything you want to touch on quickly no, so what I'm thinking, you got a ton of notes. You're farther along in the game. I almost think let you just run with your thoughts, and then I'll kind of either chime in as you go or at the end with anything you may have missed. There is a few things I want to hit that I've absolutely like loved, but I think let you run with it, and I will kind of jump in and give my thoughts as we go. So I just counted. I was surprised. I'm quite surprised myself, actually. There's uh according to PSN profiles there's fifty two games with uh trophy support and yeah okay a lot of these are like region region stacks as well. Uh but I have ten Final Fantasy Platinums. Okay. So that's uh seven, eight, nine, ten, uh thirteen trilogy uh fifteen uh, and World of Final Fantasy was a spin off. So, yeah, yeah I'll, say, I'll say I'm quite well-versed. Yeah. In, Certainly in, in modern Final Fantasy, you're well-versed. Yeah, I'd say so. But, I mean, like, uh, there's a reason why you invited me onto this episode in particular. It's safe to assume if you're in the Discord community, 
which you can find by going to patreon.com forward slash trophy talk podcast <laughs> <laughs> you'll know i'm a final fantasy stan fan whatever the word is ever since i played final fantasy 7 probably at like the age of five so this get this series been with me for a long time i mean uh so i've been writing these notes for a couple of weeks and every time i've added stuff to it <laughs> it's been echoed on sacred symbols which has annoyed me a little bit so you might hear a lot of the same points being brought up so at the time of recording i'm near enough with the i'm near enough done with the end game content i've been tackling all the side content as it's come up uh I've just got a few icon trials left to do, and then I can be on my merry way to what I'm assuming is the final dungeon and the story's conclusion. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've been savouring this game, not playing every day, having shorter days of play, some long days, as well as squeezing in all the juice out of the game with the side quests and hunts and stuff. Uh, I brought Final Fantasy 15 on release day. My memory of it is a little hazy, but I remember getting about six or seven chapters in and thinking the story isn't grabbing me. The combat's basic bitch. I got stuck on a quest and put it down for years. I did restart it last year, got the platinum, which was a better experience, but it's a bit of a digression. Mm. I've, been ex- I've been excited to play this game since the 2020 PS5 reveal. But with that last entry in mind, I did have my cautions about this newest mainline title. But I think that having these expectations set a little lower has benefited my enjoyment of the game overall. Uh, Yoshi P has really poured just as much love into this game as he has with the online Final Fantasy XIV. The game, while I think could be optimized a little bit better in areas, is still an absolute stunner and really sets a high standard for the PS5, what it's capable of. The art, voice acting, cinematics, music, all of it screams money. Uh, One of the best things about Final Fantasy games is the world building and lore in each entry. With all the entries after 10, the lore can be very deep and confusing, which may sound a bit off-putting to newcomers, but this game features a new innovative system called Active Time Law, which I'm sure if you've listened to Sacred Symbols, you've heard them talk about this. In short, you can hold down the touchpad at any point to bring up a small info screen where you can highlight characters, icons, to be given a small description of what or who is being referenced, just to bring you up to speed on what's happening or has happened, which is particularly useful in cutscenes that are happening elsewhere in the world of Valistia that don't involve Clive. Um, I'm just going to stop here for a second. Is there anything you want to say? Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought up the the active time lore i think is what they call it yeah um i use that all the time just about every cutscene. and the whole time i'm using it i'm like man i wish every single game had this like this is so useful it's really cool it's super easy uh like max was saying like you'll be in a cutscene, really any part of the game and if you want to know more about the characters or what's happening or what area of the world you're in like you just hold the touch screen touch or touchpad and it brings up like this radial menu and it'll be like, here's all the characters focus on, uh, or here's all the characters who are in this scene and here's the city you're in. And here's like 
the section of the country you're in and you can click those bubbles and get like more info on them very 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 cool very helpful um i like i wish i hope it becomes like the standard i hope other games kind of like take this and run with it and expand on it no, i think yeah, it's one of the sure. first times i've ever seen it done and i love it mm, okay okay i like it it seemed a little odd to me when initially discussed right it seemed like a little immersion breaking it seemed a little Mm, yeah i don't know I like do agree with that a little bit like i don't i don't it, necessarily like the idea of rewarding people for not paying attention right like i don't i don't like the idea of like oh just fucking tune out dude just just like yeah whatever bro you don't have to pay attention <laughs> you can just pull this thing up it's fine like you don't actually need to care it's like well i understand like I, and, and people have different scenarios they're playing in there could be kids screaming in the background other people in the room whatever right but like I'm glad to hear that you guys are finding it useful and enjoyable because obviously I haven't tried it, so I can't like really speak authoritatively. That's just my initial impressions were that I didn't really like the idea, but if, I'm glad to hear it's working. So, so I guess why I like it is, like I said, I'm playing like freaking ten other games right now. So, like Max, I'm kind of like this is a slow, savory burn for me. This game, so I may play it and then not play it for a couple of days. So coming back. I'm seeing characters on the screen. I'm like, wait, who the hell is that again? And I can like hit the touchpad and like catch back up. I'm not using it every second I, I get. Yeah. But um, it's also good for like, there's some side characters where like you see them at the beginning of the game and you may not see them again for like five to 10 hours. And then they pop in, in a cutscene and you're like, wait, who the hell, who the hell is this guy again? Like, yeah, I've he looks familiar, but times. I can't. Yeah. Like he looks familiar, but I can't quite place him. So you just like pull that screen up and, I mean, you don't have to use it. It's no. completely optional. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, just for me, like, um, I've, I really appreciate the fact that they've added this because, I, as I said, I love, like, the world building and the lore in the, these these games, but I also do have, like, a very short attention span as well. Mm, okay. <laughs> like, I do, I do struggle when it comes to, like, listening to you know the finer details like oh this this is this place and this is uh this is where the imperials are and and i'm like uh what there's like five different armies and who hates who and i was just it's 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 a little bit of a mess but this really does clean it up um but i'll continue on if uh yeah go for it all right so once you're back at the hideaway between missions you can talk to a few characters that can help you better understand the backgrounds of characters regions terms and history of the game's lore one of these characters and uh slugger uh if you've listened to sacred symbols you know this character is called vivian you probably haven't met her yet no. but uh one of these characters gives you an option to view a relationship tree style layout of characters and it's done in different years of the game and it educates you on who has relationships with who and how they are connected to others and who has betrayed who and so on. The developers, I think, have really gone out of their way to make sure the player isn't left behind in the story. But and yeah, like like we like we just said, it's something that I would expect to see in future Final Fantasy games and hopefully other franchises might adopt. Kingdom Hearts Four, cough cough. <laughs> that yeah, game, that uh, game fucking needs one, dude. Let me tell you. Kingdom Hearts 3, I was so lost. Like, it, I, I, yeah. 
Mm. Uh, should we get into the combat then? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, so as for the combat, it is true what people are saying. It's very uh, Devil May Cry inspired, of course. I also get God of War vibes from this game. I do have a few criticisms when it comes to the combat, though. With Devil May Cry, you have uh, quite a few options of how you can use your sword, like a basic four-button combo, and then you've got the direction of the analog stick and then the, the small spaces between button combos to execute different moves. I had expectations that with um, uh, the combat director Ryota uh, uh, Suzuki on board for this game, that we would be getting that. But unfortunately, all you really get is Dante's signature stinger move and a basic four-button combo, as well as a heavy downward strike. Uh, you could say that Final Fantasy VII Remake suffered with this as well, but you could argue that the variety came from switching party members on the fly which doesn't exist in final fantasy 16 the variety mainly comes from your icon abilities using a combination of r2 square or triangle uh, these abilities have cooldowns some are long some aren't this is where i get the comparison to god of war which had a similar system mm. Yeah, uh, another quick gripe I have with the combat is that elements have no effect on enemies or Clive. Yeah. You can use fire on fire elementals and it will deal the same damage as any other element, which for Final Fantasy, that's incredibly strange. But I That guess is very due... weird. Yeah, I guess due to how and when you obtain more icons in the game, it does sort of make sense. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to be a little bit stuffed in the beginning of the game. Also, uh, there's no MP gauge or limitations to magic use, which is also pretty strange. But magic in this game is basically your long-range attack, so that means there's very little excuse for players to not be constantly abusing enemies. But with all that being said, I do think the combat is pretty good. It's a welcome change to the series. Uh, con considering how many of the Final Fantasy games I've played, it's very welcome. These games need to start maturing and evolving alongside its fans. 16 really does achieve that and beats 15 by a fucking landslide. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm happy to leave turn-based Final Fantasy games to spin off and non-mainline entries, I think. So, Anything for the combat for you, uh, Slugger? <clears throat> yeah, what were you going to say, Colin, real quick? No, 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 it's mine's tangential, so go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I... I agree the the combat is very 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 fun i'm having a blast with it but it is it's like as basic as you want to be or as complex as you want it to be uh like max was saying like if you're not using any abilities there's not much variety you have like a basic like four light swing attack and then you can like or a four light swing combo like a square 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 you can throw a triangle in there at the end or a triangle in between, which kind of throws some magic in between your hits. There, there's a couple minor things you can do, but it's very like simple without you're doing abilities or without using the abilities. But I think the abilities is where like the fun, like customization, customization side of the combat comes in and you can make it very personal. Um, now I only have two icons unlocked. So I only have maybe five or six abilities at my disposal right now there's much more in the game and i'm having a lot of fun even with just those six I, so there's six but i can have four active at a time right now 
and I'm even just with that, I've been experimenting, figuring out like some cool combos I can do. So I'm having a lot of fun with just like, oh, I'm going to like teleport into this guy and I'm going to hit him four times with a light attack, follow up with a strong attack. Then I'm going to use my uppercut fire ability. And then I'm going to use like my fire spin ability, which throws me into like this whirlwind attack. And then by that point, he should stagger. I'm going to switch to my air elemental. I'm going to grab his face with with yeah. air and slam him on the ground and then i'm gonna like slash his face off with these air claws and then i'm gonna like throw him up with this air ability and then i juggle him in the air and slam him again and all of that turns into like a like 40 something hit combo and it's super easy to pull off and every time i do it i'm like oh my god i feel like such a badass <laughs> <laughs> yeah garuda's a mainstay uh for the majority of the game for me yeah like there's really like it's very simple combat but it's very fun and the abilities let you like find cool, I guess, chains like that. Um, and there's no ranking system like Devil May Cry, but you can tell they almost wanted to at some point because as you're in combat, these like what you're doing will fly across the right side of the screen. So it'll be like magic combo or ability finish and it'll have like a little yeah. star ranking. I don't know what any of that means, but it looks cool. And I'm like, ooh. There's lots of words on the right side of the screen telling me I'm doing good right now. So it's just yeah, like your yeah. chain, basically. It's just telling you everything you cast in order. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's basically what Devil May Cry did. Um, just, not necessarily ranking, but it just shows you what abilities you've been using. But you'll find that comes in handy when you start doing the um, uh, the icon trials later on in the game for cleanup. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he... Sorry, go on. No, the yeah, just overall I think the combat is a blast. That's probably my favorite part of the game. Even as simple as it is, I think if you take the time to like really learn the abilities and figure out how the abilities can flow together, I think it can be like pretty complex and really fun to like play around with that. Yeah. It's it's not it's not quite as fast as Devil May Cry either, so if that uh if 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 that part is putting you off then there there isn't much to be fearful of mm. um is there anything you you've got to say about that colin no i just i guess like you were saying you're happy about the turn-based stuff being relegated to the side stories and spin-off titles and you know we have these impending rumors of nine remake coming mm. and i'm just kind of curious if you would want that for nine or if you'd want a more modern combat system having platinum uh, for- nine yeah, I, I think nine got snaked a little bit just because it was uh, it it came out in ninety nine and the PS two was imminent at mm-hmm. that point. I think so. I think a lot of people were looking for the future anyway, and nine runs like shit. <laughs> mm. Even even the PS four remaster, like the the combat is very very slow even for turn based oh shoot so i i I think they should be going for a a one-to-one remake for for number nine oh got it yeah just like just like update the visuals and uh just just slight improvements to the speed of the game and maybe flesh out some of the characters a little bit but yeah that's all i've really got to say about nine yeah i do think that just real quick i do think that that is what the rumor has been is that nine remake is not going to be like FF seven remake. Like it might be more of what you would consider like a remaster, right? Where it's like just 
yeah. So anyway, I, I don't yeah. think they're taking it and as in depth approach. Yeah, I've I've got a few more things to say about this game, but I mean, the main scenario is fantastic. Uh, I truly look forward to every mission. It's paced really well. Uh, you're given plenty of opportunities to catch your breath and space the game out as much as you desire. I think a lot of the complaints about the pacing issue. I think a lot of these people didn't do that. They just wanted to either beeline the story or just try and get as much of it done in like their playtime as they could. So I, I think savoring this game is probably the better approach. Um, the icon fights are where the game really excels over the top and had me on the edge of my seat. I'm absolutely screaming at the TV sometimes, especially when Toggle's on screen and he's doing his shit. <laughs> because uh, he, he does put himself in, in danger a couple of times. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm I'm very fearful, man. Toggle is my friend. And Slugger, you'll, you'll grow to love Toggle even more as you play through the game. Yeah, I love him uh, already. He's yeah, player. he's awesome. How many times have you petted him? Uh, I did five for the trophy, but I do. I normally pet him at least once per, like I guess dungeon area. I'm allowed to pet him. Yeah, my guy. Don't do it just for the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. Where am I? Uh, just... sorry, Colin. Uh, yeah, it's over the top. Have me on the edge of my street, uh, seat, screaming at the TV. And when it's over, you can sit. Yeah, you know, I've, I've just sat back and I'm speechless and reflecting on what I've just witnessed. And yep. you yep, can't yep, really yep. get more immersed than that, to be honest. Uh, side quests, yeah, we got to touch on this. Side quests are where the game suffers. Uh, poor side quests have outweighed the good ones for me. And at the halfway point of the game, I hope that after every main event, I'm not bombarded with more than three side quests. Um, if you're going for the platinum in this game, these will suck the enthusiasm out of you a little bit. But as I said, they do have their moments, then they get better towards the end of the game. And uh, I think these notes are a little bit outdated at this point. But I mean, I am at the end game, and all the side content at the end game has been really good. Uh, there's even another side quest for Torgal, and <laughs> I almost cried. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's very uh it's 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 like it's it's not really it's not sad but it's uh, like happy and it's like oh this this guy this guy this dog is like truly my best friend uh like yeah. fable too <laughs> yeah funny thing is like i was playing this game um my buddy charlotte was was around a couple of weeks ago and she's a massive fan of god of war and i was telling her that this game really reminds me of it she was laughing because I was doing a side quest. This ain't this this like it's not a spoiler because it has no fucking relevance whatsoever. So I'm gonna spoil it whether you like it or not. Okay. So this side quest is where I had to help these kids reassemble a set of scales. <laughs> what? I had yeah. They had the they had taken apart this set of scales and they couldn't put it back together. Well, how's that my fucking problem, together. dude? I got other yeah. sh- I got other <laughs> shit to do, you know these. So, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, she was laughing at this point. I had a, I had a tough time convincing her that this game was pretty good. Uh, 
the she did appreciate that a lot of the characters speak with a midland northern british accent mm. and that's her neck of the woods and when she starts speaking in that tongue i can barely fucking understand what she's saying <laughs> kind of like um it's kind of like uh robin Sh- uh shabatsky and how i met your mother when she goes super canadian oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yep. it's a bit of a digression but you know what i mean uh, i do i do yeah yeah there, there, there's a bit of um i don't know if you guys remember the controversy that was going around this game before it came out yeah about uh, how there was know, no you... like the less racial representation than you're talking about that whole thing yeah is, is that something you would be okay for me just to touch on sure i mean i and also i would just say like i liked the answer the developer gave so yeah yeah um yeah, sorry, I know we've been going pretty long on this, but this is my final bit. Uh, I do want to address the review bombing of the game. If you're not aware, the game is getting the smoke from communities for its lack of diversity. In particular, there are no mixed race black characters or NPCs in the game. Hmm. At first, I thought this was a poor move by uh, create business unit free. But when you play the game and learn of the subject matters this game tackles, I begin to understand a little better why this decision was made. Was it the right decision to be made? I can't really answer. I really don't know. It seems like a safe bet, but also not. A damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. But I, I don't envy the person who had to make that call, to be honest. Well, I'll just say in my experience with FF6 so far, I haven't seen any black people, okay? And that Pixel Remaster isn't getting bombed for that shit either. So, you know, I just, I, it's just like, I don't know, man. Let people tell the stories that they want to tell. Is it weird? Sure, I guess. But, like, I don't find it offensive. That's, that's what I would say. Mm. Uh, Slugger, anything else from you? Uh, overall or on that piece? Oh, just uh, anything. Yeah, I guess, like, the main things, and you've kind of touched on them, but I guess the main, like, positive things that jump out at me, the game is beautiful. I think this is easily one of, if not the best-looking, like, PS5 game we have. Performance-wise, though, despite it looking amazing, it still chugs at times. Like, I'm playing on performance mode, and it's not, like, a nice, clean, mean 60 frames there's definitely performance drops uh it it tends to get better in dungeons but when you're out in like kind of the outdoor areas and open worlds it does kind of chug a little bit hasn't really detracted from my enjoyment at all like cutscenes are still blowing my minds character animations like uh max said the icon fights um so the icons are the giant like spirit monster summons whatever you want to call them in the game um the fights between those guys are some of the most like epic shit I've ever seen in, in a video game. <laughs> and um, they're really, really cool. I don't know how like their design team on like scale, like the scaling of it all is like really impressive. Like you'll see there was one specific cutscene where there's army versus army. They're down in like this canyon with mountains on either side. Oh, yeah, and, I don't know about. Um, they're like one of the leaders, I guess, gets pissed off or is just like, enough of this. I'm going out with my icon or whatever. And he like comes over this mountainside and he's standing on top of this mountain and his icon is just like 
probably 10 times the size of this mountain. And it just looks ridiculous because it's like, all right, you have these like army soldiers who look like ants. And then there's this icon who's like 500 times their size, 100 times bigger than the size of the mountain. And like, it just looks so freaking cool how big they made these like summons look. And um, like how minuscule like the actual humans are compared to these things. And then like the scale of that and then just out in the world a lot of these areas throughout the world that you're traveling through um have like remnants or like yeah i guess traces of icon fights so like the first area you're in you're traversing this canyon where there's an icon or two icons fighting each other and you're running through the canyon and you're seeing these icons freaking fight above you and they're massive and you're just seeing the destruction that these things are causing to the to the planet and to the landscape and like you're running through that destruction and like just the sense of scaling and the holes that in craters that these things are putting into the ground and the size of it all is just really really cool i like the design of it is awesome i don't think it gets much better than that like when it comes to cutscenes and like battles and just really, really good graphics and visuals. Um, yeah, I guess that was kind of what I've been most impressed with. I think the next thing I really want to shout out is the mature theme, because or the mature rating, because we haven't talked about that yet. I believe this is yes. the first mature Final Fantasy game. I thought it was going to be like, oh, maybe they're smoking a little bit more or something. I don't know. Maybe there's some blood. <laughs> no, this shit's like... It gets compared to Game of Thrones a lot, but like there's some Game of Thrones moments. Like throats are getting cut, heads are getting decapitated, mm. people are taking random axes to the face. My jaw has dropped <laughs> probably once a chapter on like some of the shit I'm seeing. And I'm like sitting there on the couch, like audibly saying, like, oh shit. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like what it's I really like, appreciate is that there's swearing in this game. <laughs> Nice. That yeah. de- that definitely goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is tastefully done. Yeah, there's lots of fucks being dropped, and cutscenes are happen happening, and characters are like leaving these battles just covered in blood. Like they'll just be like blood splatter across their face because their friend just got their head chopped off. Just like really mature stuff. They leaned into that mature rating hard, and it's yeah. really cool to see because I was trying to think back to older Final Fantasy is like i don't know if i've ever seen blood in a final fantasy game like surely there has been but not to this level uh, no i can't confirm there has been mm. but not uh, the sorry not the intro yeah oh the the intro to final fantasy 8 uh okay it's, uh, the main character gets uh slashed across the face okay yeah, yeah that, this just feels like a lot to me it's not like graphic oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. A gross way, but it's just catching me off guard where i'm like i said i'm sitting here saying like oh shit a lot like i can't believe what i just saw wow <laughs> the, the story is one... really so... fucking good in that aspect so the the one thing that really shocked me about the mature rating was there's one particular cutscene. another not a spoiler but that you can hear a girl in the background having an orgasm oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> they had to make it like game of thrones all right yeah they did it's big big dick swinging all over those yeah. cutscenes, and that's yeah. when i knew i was into this game oh my goodness wow 
Well, that's, dude, awesome stuff, guys. I don't mean to cut you off. We have been going for a while, and I actually do have to get going somewhere. I figured we would be, <laughs> I didn't know how long we were going to go, but uh, if you guys want to, if you have any other quick thoughts that you want to add, just give you another, like, two, three minutes here, anything you want to add last minute about the game. Uh, I, th I think I've gone, like, way too long. I'm sorry to... Uh, no, no, don't, don't apologize. Uh, it's not anyone's fault. No, the only thing I'll add, I'm like Max said, I had low expectations, which I think helped because right now it's my current game of the year for me. Woo! I am loving the shit out of it and I highly, highly recommend it if you're into like action games, if you like Game of Thrones, if you like medieval stuff, like really, really good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely think, intrigued. I also think uh, if you're wanting to get into a Final Fantasy game, I think this is a great entry point. Yeah, for sure awesome awesome well i am yeah i'm certainly intrigued by it and after our conversations max i'm definitely more interested in it than going back to something like 15 or i just again seven remake i don't know man i know it's people love that game i really did not jive with the combat in that game i felt like it was clunky it was kind of weird i would rather not switch party members like just let me oh. control cloud you know yeah, I think it does bank on nostalgia for quite a lot of people, and if your nostalgia's not there, it's gonna be it's gonna have a tough time convincing you. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. And it also like it 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 also does play on the fact that you know what's gonna happen. Mm hmm. Yeah, I might go back to it at some point just to beat the game, but I don't know if I'll do the platinum in that necessarily. But we'll see. We'll see. First things first, I gotta finish six, and uh, maybe I'll do one from there you know, do another one of the older ones or something first. But either way, I think that's going to do it for episode 90 and what we have been playing. Maximum, really wanted to say thank you for your time today and for joining us on this journey. We hope you had fun recording the episode with us. And yeah, any anything you want to shout out? And also, where can people find you at if they want to get in touch with you? Oh, dude, it's been a fucking blast hanging out with you guys, man. And like, I, I love talking about Final Fantasy. I love talking about video games, to be honest. Exactly. Uh, That's the whole fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure, you can find me on. Uh, I'm going to do something different. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Maxi W nine three. That's M A X X Y W nine three. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think you know what. I might go down the pub because it's quarter to ten. There you go, man. Uh, but, and I woke up with a hangover this morning, so I might wake up with another hangover tomorrow. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Very nice, sir. Well, enjoy your journey at the pub after this, of course. Daryl Fuimano, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Discord, uh, PlayStation Profiles, and PS Native at the Tall Simone Guy. Yes, sir playing other indie games and extra games that's what he's going to be doing check him out really curious to hear what you think of spongebob as you keep going i need i need to have you love that game Slugger, where can people find you you can find me on the playstation network psn profiles and uh discord at slugger jd and you can find me on twitter at slugger underscore jd you mean on x or sorry, <laughs> X. Shoot, shoot me an X sometime. <laughs> X at me. X at me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at 
or on sorry on X, X at Trophy Talk Pod, <laughs> uh, where we post our updates and stuff there. If you haven't followed us over there on X, please go ahead and do so. That would be great. Of course, you so can stupid. find the show. So I hate it. I fucking hate it. Of course, you can also follow the show on your podcast service of choice, excluding Spotify. And we would appreciate if you would leave nice reviews or comments there to help the show grow. You can also check us out on Patreon, like we already talked about. I won't plug that for a third time. It seems a bit excessive. But please go check that out if you're interested. And also, the Discord community is really great. So hop on in there if you're looking for some trophy talk people to hang out with and chat trophies and games. You can find me personally, CK Present, on PlayStation, Xbox, League of Legends, and what else? PSM Profiles, all the same. Twitter, YouTube. Sorry, not Twitter. Twitch, YouTube, all that stuff. CK Present. And yeah, we really appreciate the support. Thank you for your time and for listening. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, or night. Happy gaming, and goodbye. Goodbye.